yeah, I just saw the cinema score for Jurassic World Dominion, and it's an A minus. Cool. Yeah. I found a box of VHS in my garage. Stuff I forgot I have, like hey, uh, Grumpy Old Men. I used to have that VHS. VHS. Tango and Cash. Weekend of Bernie's 2. Nice. Peacemaker. Um, all right. <laughs> I'm not sure why I have some of these. Top Dog, I guess that makes sure. sense. Wait, how many? How many of these are Hollywood videos? The only, ones only Weekend at Bernie's, right? Yeah. Man, I bought so many uh, VHS tapes from Hollywood Video when when we were going. Mm-hmm. There we go. Staying alive. Go yeah. <laughs> Horse Whisper. I think that was my grandma's. Okay, sure. Whatever you say. <laughs> Michael. Very cool. <laughs> Michael. With I him. heard that movie's weird. They did that on Blank Check, actually, because it's a Nora Ephron movie. Oh, okay. Yeah, I listened to that one. <laughs> That's that. Those are my favorite ones. Not movies necessarily that I even like, but just like weird ones. Like, why are they doing Michael? <laughs> mm-hmm. Trial and error. Trial and error. Excellent. Now, who is that? Tay Leone in that? Uh, that looks like um, Charlize Theron. Oh, wow. So wait, where... Did that come out... Was that like the same year or right before Mighty Joe Young? Because that was the first thing I remember Charlize Theron in. Uh, so I think Mighty Joe Young was 1998 and the yeah, Trial and Error was 97. Yeah, so the year before. But I did see Trial and Error. Mm-hmm. But maybe I just didn't take note of Charlize Theron. Um... I think the first thing I saw her in was The Devil's Advocate. Mm, you know, I didn't see The Devil's Advocate because mm-hmm. uh, I was a child. <laughs> As were you, though, so I guess. <laughs> uh, I got my grandma to see it. Because of the Pacino factor? No, I think I just said this movie is supposed to be good. Even though I don't think it was supposed no, to be good. No, <laughs> I don't think so. Although I kind of want to see that movie now. I've wanted to see it for a while. Oh, you've never seen the Devil's Advocate? Devil's Advocate? No, it's a wild one. Yeah, I mean it, it's got a it's got a reputation for being a um, pretty unhinged Pacino per- performance. So yeah, directed by um, what's the name of the guy that did uh, Ray? Um, oh, Taylor Hackford. Taylor Hackford, yeah. Um, uh, it's. Helen Mirren's husband? Is that yeah, right? yeah. Or they? I for or some reason I one, thought they got divorced. Yeah. Uh, or at one point in time. I remember like. No, they're still married. I don't know. Um. Man, what what was your favorite of those like late nineties, like Satan? obsessed movies because <laughs> like, there were so many of them there was stigmata mm-hmm. end the ninth of days Gate, end of days devil's advocate mm-hmm. i mean i guess four that i can think of off the top of my head <laughs> that's still kind of a lot for, for uh, a period of time i mean of all those probably le- the legit best one is probably the ninth gate i remember hating that movie um but also I... I might not have understood it yeah i saw it a little later and thought it was like okay if I were going to watch one right now, I'd be Devil's Advocate, because I've never seen it, and mm-hmm. I want some Pacino and that. But I think, of the ones I've seen, which are the other three, it would be End of Days, probably. Yeah. Uh, and that I'm, movie's not good. But. No. 
I've never seen Stigmata. I've seen a little bit of it on, like, cable. So I guess I haven't really seen it, but mm-hmm. I've seen enough of it, I think, to, like, make the judgment. Uh, what about Bless the Child? Oh, yeah. That was, what, 2000? <laughs> yeah. Right around there. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I've never seen that, no. But yeah. that's another one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wonder if there's any other ones that we're forgetting. Yeah. Uh-huh. Satan movies. <laughs> From turn of the century. <laughs> turn of the century, Satan movies. Uh, uh, Little Nikki, I guess you mm, could say. Yeah. Now that's different tone than the rest of these. Mm-hmm. Same with Bedazzled. Um, yeah, those are Satan comedies. Yeah, Satan comedies. Now, if we're throwing those into the mix, Bedazzled's probably my, <laughs> my, my number one. Number one with a bullet. Number one with a bullet. Um, yeah, that's kind of the majority of them from that, uh, yeah, that era. But I mean, that's, that's a lot, that's a lot for a short period of time. Yeah. And especially because there was that shitty Omen remake a few years later. There was like, Constantine was, was a few years later. Mm-hmm. And then even a few years after that, there was like, Devil, the yeah. Shyamalan movie or production. Yeah, all that stuff seems like it was a lot later, though. Yeah, it does. I mean, I think that's partially because like those five years were like uh, when we were in high school, meaningful to us in, <laughs> yeah. in in like a developmental sense. Yeah. So yeah. those five years seem like a lot, but like from the last five years of movies, movies from five years ago, like Hereditary, doesn't mm-hmm. feel like that long ago. To yeah. Me. Uh, yeah, the, the fact that, uh, the events of Uncut Gems took place 10 years ago is, uh, (laughs) mind-blowing. Yeah, that's one of my favorite little details about Uncut Gems. That it's a period movie? Yeah, because it's so subtle, but it's also super well done. Uh, because I'm not very well-versed in basketball, but that, the, those games from the movie or were real games that happened right yeah yeah Yeah, they were uh, the actual like nba finals and stuff with this kevin garnett like on the celtics and stuff Mm -hmm. it was a very it was like a very specific like period in basketball because kevin garnett was a minnesota timberwolf my favorite team Mm -hmm. and then uh then he got traded to the celtics and they won a handful of championships i think two or three maybe okay and yeah and that was that was when Uncut Gems is set. Yeah. In like October two thousand twelve. Yeah, sounds about right. I actually don't know when the championship is. That's uh, like when the World Series is, right? Um, yeah. So the NBA championship is actually like March, March, April. Oh, okay. So, um, so it would have been it would have been like early twenty twelve. Mm, okay. Maybe. I think. Yeah, good movie, Uncut Gems. Oh yeah, great movie. Mm-hmm. One of my favorites from the last decade, for mm-hmm. sure. That'd be a fun list we could do sometime if we ever. Maybe even this episode, if we can't get the cinema score thing, but we should just do our favorites from the last yeah. like, decade or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I think we both have that list like basically queued up on our letterbox. So yeah, we, we could, I think we probably have it. We could make content out of that if yeah. we had to. I don't know if I don't know if we'd want to tweak it at all. 
I'm sure we've seen stuff since we compiled that list, probably, right? Yeah, but I don't know that I've seen anything great that I would change. Maybe I would add, like, one from last year, mm-hmm. one or two from last year. But, uh, I mean, 2019 still kind of dominates the the last, like, decade for me. Yeah. If we're just going... I mean, I guess if we're just going back, like, 10 years from now, so it'd be, like, 2012 to 2022, mm-hmm. I don't have that list made. But, I mean, that wouldn't take me long to do. Yeah. Uh, but 2019 would dominate that for me, I think. Yeah. Because, like, five of my favorite movies from the last 10 years came out in 2019. Mm-hmm. Or at least four. Like... Because that was Uncut Gems. Lighthouse. Once, Lighthouse. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood's like super high on my list. Mm-hmm. Um, which is funny because like, you remember when we saw that? And I was like pretty <laughs> muted on it. In uh, fact, I, I sort of didn't even like it. Uh, yeah, I remember. Yeah. You were like, that wasn't very good. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was kind of bummed about it. Because especially because I don't love Hateful Eight. Like, mm-hmm. that's a movie I, I have to give another shot to. Um, yeah. And I've been talking about doing that for a while but um but yeah like slowly over time that's that's just been a movie that's like really grown on me and and is now my second favorite tarantino movie it used to be pretty low on the list (laughs) initially afterwards and then uh yeah uh, now all of a sudden i like it more than everything except for jackie brown yeah it's a pretty comforting movie to watch oh totally yeah i mean for being so long it's it's one of those like movies that's like kind of breezy feeling. You can yeah. just kind of like pop in and enjoy. Yeah. Um, I mean, I still kind of. I don't know if I have issue, but I, I. The the stuff that you and I have talked about with the ending of that movie is maybe uh, yeah sort of I, worthy of critique, but I always thought the ending was good, and I thought everything everything leading up to the ending was good but for some reason i just always felt like the movie didn't need that big like a big ending like i just thought it was fun to hang out with these guys and yeah. just uh you know soak in the uh the vibe uh top one or two brad pitt performance maybe even yeah I mean, he's. I mean, Brad Pitt's a very dependable actor to me. I mean, mm-hmm. he's like, he's um, he he got the movie star label, but I I there was never really a time when I thought like, oh, Brad Pitt's just a just a pretty boy actor. Maybe yeah. maybe back in the eighties, if I were mm-hmm. you know like seeing like Thelma and Louise and stuff, you would have just thought that about him, right? But uh, I mean, yeah, he's actually a good actor. Yeah, and I think that's maybe my favorite. of performances yeah i'd have to think about that what would uh what would a runner-up be uh i mean i don't oceans 11 he's great in oceans 11 Mm -hmm. Uh, that that actually might be one of my favorite ones because i mean iconic eating in that movie Mm -hmm. always got something in his hand similar to uh, Billy Bean, him is Billy Bean. He's, He's always eating. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. it's kind of just I think a Brad Pitt thing. Like I've, I've, I've seen, <laughs> I've seen that talked about before, where it's like Brad Pitt's always eating in his yeah. movies. He's a food actor. Um, I mean, he's good as Tyler Durden. I don't like. I'm not like a diehard Fight Club fan. Yeah. 
it's it's not one of my favorite Fincher movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, uh, and Glorious Bastards, he's great yeah. in. That's that's my third favorite Tarantino movie. Uh, actually, oh Jesse James. Yeah, he's really great in that too. Yeah. But and and that's like a total different yeah energy too from all of those other ones, which is, um, I don't know, interesting yeah. that he can he can kind of do a, a bunch of different things. Yeah, uh, that movie, uh, Astra, he's really good in too mm-hmm. from twenty nineteen as well. Yeah, uh, but that movie, uh, what is it like? Bullet Train coming out later this year. Mm-hmm. That looks shitty uh yeah i don't want to see that yeah that i don't know if i love where certain like where action movies are headed i think we're (laughs) taking the wrong things away from like john wick and stuff um because like the john wick movies are really good but i think we're getting we're like getting the bad john wick knockoffs Mm. and stuff that are taking the wrong elements from john wick that i would have liked Mm. to have seen like, to me, the most fun parts of John Wick... I mean, obviously, the fight scenes is the choreography and stuff is pretty good. But, like, I like the... I like the fact that that movie is like has, like, an insane world-building element mm-hmm. to it that's, like, yeah. so stupid in, on a surface level but works <laughs> so well in the context of the movie. Yeah. Um, and, like, all these other ones are just kind of like... Here's a premise and people, you know... Yeah. Doing fast-cutting uh, mm-hmm. gunfights. Yeah. And that's directed by the, like, Atomic Blonde, Deadpool... Yeah, that guy. Deadpool 2 guy? Uh, let's see, what is that guy? David Leach? Yeah. Um, yeah, he did Hobbs and Shaw, I think, last, um, which is, uh, one of the worst Fast and the Furious movies by, Mm. like, a lot. Um, I never saw it. It's in the bottom, I would say, two. Yeah. Um, uh, Travis and I saw that. He did Deadpool 2 and he did Atomic Blonde. And I thought Atomic Blonde was alright, but mm-hmm. uh, Deadpool 2 was not a fan of that. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, some other good Brad Pitt movies here. Um, let's see, just some of my favorite. Killing Them Softly, I think, is really good. Mm-hmm. And he's he's fun in that movie. I wouldn't necessarily say it's like one of his best performances, but he's good in it. Um, yeah. Tree of Life, he's good in that. Um, he's actually re- really good, I think, Tree of Life. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's a movie, though, that where it's almost like I, I take the performances for granted because it's a movie so much about, like, feel and, mm-hmm. like, sort of, yeah. like the audio visual aspect like i mean classic malik yeah i kind of like when i think of malik i kind of don't mm. think of the performances yeah. in really any of them you just think of the movie yeah yeah, yeah. which is an interesting uh, thing um oh i know what my favorite brad Pitt performance okay. might be and i we haven't named it mostly because i don't think this movie is like great i think it's mm-hmm. good mm-hmm. um but i think he might be my favorite performance is uh, burn after reading oh yeah yeah <laughs> I definitely i think yeah. that's that that's gotta be my yeah, favorite that's a, brad pitt performance. that's a great brad pitt performance. i mean he makes that movie mm-hmm. the, the face he makes when he gets shot <laughs> is one of the funniest yeah. things i've ever seen in my entire life and it's just like 
uh, he's got so many line deliveries in that, like, uh, like, uh, oh, that's cool. Yeah, <laughs> he like slaps Francis Francis yeah. McDormand on the shoulder. Yeah, yeah. Uh, insanely good. He should have been nominated for an Oscar for that performance, and I know some people will scoff at that, but yeah. like, uh, I don't know why he wasn't because. Uh, 2008, I feel, was, like, a pretty bad year for movies. Mm -hmm. We've talked about this. Yeah. Uh, 2008, it it has such a hangover effect from 2007, Mm -hmm. which is, I think, maybe my favorite movie year of all time. Mm -hmm. Or at least, certainly up there. Um, Yeah, uh... Yeah, I mean, I, I I like Burn After Reading. It's certainly mm-hmm. not among my top Coen Brothers movies, no. but um, it's definitely a fun watch. Yeah, he's great in it. Malkovich is good in it too. I mean, mm-hmm. Malkovich, <laughs> Malkovich like losing his shit is always funny. Yeah, definitely. Um, I just realized something. We mm. haven't actually introduced the episode yet. Oh, so. should I have been recording all this? I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, this is, this is longest, one of our longest cold opens. Our longest I cold open. Uh, uh, I was really quickly. I don't want to backtrack yeah. so early before we even really start sure. the show, but um, uh, I had an opportunity to talk about this when we were talking about the uh, the Satan movies from the late 90s. Mm-hmm. Uh, have I ever told you about that mystery trailer I saw when I was a little kid that I... Like, in the late 90s, that I can't figure out what it was. No. Did you figure it out? I've never figured it out. Oh, okay. So, I, th- I just figured... You might have told me at some point in yeah. the 20 years we've known each other, but I don't remember now. Yeah. But I figured this might be a good place to bring it up in sure. case anybody's like, oh yeah, I remember that trailer. Yeah. Let's hear it. Uh, so, it, I want to say I saw this trailer, like, in, like... 1999 like maybe when i saw notting hill so that would be like <laughs> that would be like uh cool, may or april 1999 just uh just a 13 year old <laughs> going to see notting hill notting hill uh and uh, it kind of fit in with one of those like satan like supernatural horror movies and it was you know i could be getting some of it wrong because it's been i don't know how long since i've seen this trailer and it was just the one time I saw it, but it was like, it felt like a teaser trailer because it wasn't, it was basically just like one scene of a movie mm-hmm. and it was for sure a horror movie. And it's where this like woman is like walking around in, uh, like an indoor pool, mm-hmm. um, and like suspenseful music's playing and like nobody's around and you're not sure what's going on and then like i want to say like the lights shut off in this like indoor pool area and then they turn back on and there's like a whole bunch of dead bodies floating in the pool uh and maybe there's like blood in the pool um and then it just like cuts to the title of the movie okay and i have no idea what that movie movie was yeah I mean, yeah, that sounds like stigmata. I mean, I guess would be the... You know, I've researched this so much. Yeah. Like, I've watched the stigmata trailer, and it's not it. Tried to find every, like, teaser trailer you could. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny, because I have one of those movies, too. Uh Uh-huh. Not 
obviously not like a Satan thing, but it, this is a movie I used to watch, or I, I watched at least once, mm-hmm. or part of once on IFC, back when IFC was the mm-hmm. independent film channel. Yeah. Um, I'm like pushing up my gla- my snob glasses now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, this is a movie, and I don't have a lot of info on it, but I have Googled it as mm-hmm. best as I can. And I consider myself like a pretty good Googler. Like mm-hmm. I can find stuff if I need yeah. to um, most of the time. But uh, it's about like an indie rock band in the 90s, like on tour. Mm-hmm. And that's about as much info as I have. Because that's all I really remember. But it's like kind of like an hmm. REM style, like college rock band from hmm. like jangly rock yeah. from the 90s. I want to say like 93, 94, mm-hmm. 95 even maybe. Hmm. Um, you know, it, and that's that's all I really have. Hmm. Like, and it's like low budget? It's low budget. It was an indie movie. I've tried looking on like indie movie lists hmm. from like all of those years i've tried googling it specifically yeah. thinking that surely i would find something about a band on tour movie and i've never mm. found anything and it was american yeah i mean maybe it was canadian but i yeah. I, I think it was american early 90s er, er, early ish 90s sounds like it could be a fine line feature fine line feature you remember that the new lines like indie they're like boutique yeah. Label. Yeah. I don't know. Um, maybe you could pull up all the fine line features from the early nineties. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's just a hunch that I have for whatever reason. New line, fine line. Yeah, you could just pull up like fine line features. This is exciting listening for. <laughs> yeah. Uh, definitely. Yeah. For our listeners who hate tangents, they're really going to hate this because we haven't even started the show yet. <laughs> so one of the ones on there is My Own Private Idaho, which is mm-hmm. kind of what it reminds me of. Uh-huh. It was not as, like, maybe as uh, dramatic as yeah. My Own Private Idaho, but... Um, yeah, yeah, they just, like, put out a lot of, like, indie and, like, queer new wave stuff. Yeah. Um... It's hard because this list just has titles. Titles, yeah. So I'm just kind of clicking on random mm-hmm. titles. That sound like it could be about a rock <laughs> band on tour. <laughs> yeah, like amongst friends. But no, that's something way different. Um, um, well, I have no idea, but that sounds more solvable than mine. My mystery. Uh, yeah, yeah, it does. Unless someone else specifically remembers that visual that uh, you're mm-hmm. describing. But That's true. Um, uh yeah, I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I'll I'll go through these later just cuz I've I feel like I've exhausted so many different avenues. I may as well yeah. look at all of those. Yeah. There uh, there's like a website for like for that where you can like like where put a basic premise. Yeah, in. you put like a plot or whatever you know. Yeah. And it'll come up with something. Interesting. Um I mean, I haven't tried in a few years, but this yeah. has been I mean, much like yours, probably like a fifteen to twenty year like Mystery. quest. Yeah, and it's and that's the weird thing is is once I find out, am I even gonna want to watch it? <laughs> like, <laughs> maybe will I even be able to? This yeah. movie might not even be 
like easy to find these days. And you obviously don't remember the uh, I don't remember cast. Any, I don't remember anyone in it. I don't yeah. remember it having anyone of note. Yeah. Which makes it harder. Because mm-hmm. if it had anyone even like kind of of note, mm-hmm. it would have been a lot easier. Yeah. Um, and mm-hmm. maybe, it, maybe it does. Maybe I just don't remember them. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Yeah. And I also wonder just with, you know, like memory distortion, if when we find out what it is, if it's going to really resemble what we remember. <laughs> yeah. Like, if I find find out what I'm thinking of, if that's, like, not at all what the trailer was. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, that... There that, was for sure a pool involved with a body in it. <laughs> I mean, that just makes me think of It Follows, but that was many years later. Many years later, so, yeah. Um, this would have had to have been, like, 99. Did, now, when you saw It Follows... Did it make you think of that trailer that in your yeah, head? Yeah, definitely. Because of that pool uh-huh. scene? Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. <laughs> For a movie, funny. I may never know what it is. Uh, I, 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 I would love to hear if anyone else out there that's listening to this mm-hmm. has any movies like that. Yeah. Where they can remember maybe just like like a, a little piece of mm-hmm. info about it, but don't not enough to find it. Yeah. Um, because maybe we could find it, maybe we know it. Um, yeah. But also, I would just love to hear some of these other things yeah. because the, the this is a thing that I didn't really know that you had one also. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was like mine mm-hmm. because I've 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 spent like probably like several hours <laughs> over the course of my life trying to figure S- out same what here. this movie is. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Movie mysteries. Yeah. Yeah. That would be a fun, like, full episode if we got people to send in a few of them yeah. and we tried to figure them out, like, on mic or whatever. Yeah. Well. Well, forgive us for the very long, cold <laughs> open. Welcome to 2002, A Film Odyssey, your number one podcast about the cinema of 2002. I'm one of your hosts. I'm Dan. And I'm Andrew. And we're back again with a uh, another 2002 episode mm-hmm. um we're february 22nd i believe that is correct yeah, yeah. we're on um february 22nd on the february Odyssey. 22nd this is a movie that got a, a limited release um mm-hmm. um it's a uh, mirror monsoon wedding yeah it was it was at some festivals in 2001 right because yeah. it is listed pretty much it's, everywhere as it's 2001 yeah so it's commonly attributed as a 2001 movie yeah. which is like kind of the reverse of what last night you and i were talking about like mm-hmm. some movies that are commonly attributed to 2002 but yeah. didn't actually get released here in the states until 03 right and so uh this would be a good time to remind everyone that we're going by kind of like the u.s critics rules yeah academy rules right um so just movies that got release dates here in the states yeah yeah so it's not any kind of like there's no other reason but we're just kind of going off like most critics are gonna have uh monsoon wedding on their 2002 lists you may find a few that have it on their 01 lists yeah uh but for the most part like it's gonna be 02 uh, the weird outlier, which I don't think we figured out, is City of God. That's a movie that's yeah on a lot of 2002 lists, but it didn't actually get released until 2003. Mm-hmm. But like, and I'm forever thought of City of God as a 2002 movie. Me too. Yeah, I think. I mean, I think we'll find a way to do it eventually. Yeah, but that would be kind of a big loss to not have City of God in our uh, yeah 
Maybe we could in do our, it as good movie yeah. <laughs> selection for O2. Maybe we could do it as our last episode. Yeah. Well, yeah. our no, our last episode. Our last episode's going to be like like a, either a ranking episode or a box office episode. Yeah, I would imagine the last episode would be some kind of wrap up, mm-hmm. not just like talk about one movie, but yeah. I think the last proper movie or, you know, the last proper episode we're going to do is Confessions of a Dangerous Mind. Is that right? Yeah. That came out, like, Christmas Day or New Year's Eve? I think New Year's Eve. I yeah. think it was the last movie to come out. I went and saw it up in L.A. on New Year's Eve. Mm-hmm. I remember getting my mom to take me, and I was listening to the, my CD copy of uh, The Best of David Bowie. On oh, nice. There. I just remember that because I got it for Christmas. <laughs> uh that was one thing I asked for that Christmas. <laughs> um, yeah, so we're talking monsoon wedding today, though. Um, mm-hmm. And we'll get into that. Yeah. But I suppose um, it would only be yeah. natural oh, if we uh, chilled out w- One just quick thing, because yeah. we're... I should probably say that I am uh, not an expert at pronouncing Indian names. Yeah, thanks. Uh, yeah, I good. That's a good call. <laughs> um, I don't want to. I don't. I don't want to upset anybody. Um, I I did look a few up just so mm-hmm. I you know yeah did my best. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I think it's uh, Mira Nair. Nair. Yeah, Nair. Okay, I've always I've always just assumed uh, Nair, but I think yeah. that's just the American. Just because I watched a few interviews. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then Charlie Rose said said a, like had a really odd pronunciation. Oh well, he's always wrong. <laughs> yeah, I mean he was like famously always wrong about that stuff. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> I wouldn't take anything Charlie Rose yeah. uh, has to heart. No. Um, but yeah, Nair, I think Nair. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, this was my first Mira Nair movie. I think. Um. Yeah, it was. I hadn't seen one of her movies uh, either. I did watch uh, Mississippi Masala like two nights ago. Just got added to the Criterion collection. Yeah, just came out on Criterion. And Monsoon Wedding is in the Criterion collection as well. Yeah. So this is our first movie that's in the Criterion collection. So that's kind of cool. That's correct, yeah. That's our first Criterion. Yeah. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Because... yeah, Mothman Prophecies is not in there. Uh, <laughs> no Count of Monte Cristo. No Count of Monte Cristo. Really. Um, yeah. Like, I'm trying to think what other ones are in there. Obviously, Punch Drunk Love's in there. Mm-hmm. Adaptation's been rumored forever as being, like, a deserving title. Mm-hmm. Same with 25th Hour. I remember getting a lot of, like, buzz for yeah. that. Um, um, yeah, I'd have to... I don't think about oh bowling for columbine bowling for columbine yeah yeah uh definitely i actually had that list pulled up of all the 2002 ones and oh yeah um one that i don't know when we're gonna do it but eventually we will is michael uh hanake uh cache no the piano teacher oh yeah that came out in 02 so that's a movie we'll do Mm -hmm. um uh, that's on the Criterion Collection. And they're just like, uh, the Mexican film, Japan. Is that 2002? That's 2002 okay. also. So we got some. Oh, and E2 Mama Tambien, which is a March movie. Yeah. Which we 
Because that wasn't on our initial list that we were using last yeah. episode. Because and, and I always thought that was a 2001 movie. Right. Yeah. So that's another commonly attributed 2001 movie. But yeah. it did get um, its first release in the States in uh, March mm-hmm. of 02. So yeah. that, we'll be doing that movie relatively shortly. Well, that, that makes me proud that there's so many uh, 2002 Criterion titles. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, probably not as many as other years, but... Uh, yeah. Because we're basically 2002 film historians now. We are. I yeah. mean, by the end of this show, <laughs> we, we are going to be the premier We might be authorities on that year. I mean, I'm thinking, like, we're going to be called on other podcasts to <laughs> to be, like, expert guests on 2002 movies. Hey, if it's 2002 movie, we're going to call these guys. <laughs> We've signed ourselves up for a yeah. lifetime of talking about these movies. Maybe. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. So... Yeah, Monsoon Wedding is what we're going to be talking about. That's what we're going to talk about. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I cut you off. What, what were you going to say? Before we I, do that, we have to do what? We have to, uh, you know, talk about some other movies. Hmm. Yeah. Why did you say it like that? <laughs> <laughs> I think you mean we have to chill out. Well, I didn't want to steal your line. Yeah. That's that's really well, what it felt. Well, yeah, let's chill out. Let's talk about some things we've watched lately. Yeah, so um, I actually haven't... Like, watched too much since mm-hmm. our... Although, we didn't chill out on the Don't Say a Word episode. So, actually, we can go back a little further, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, so, the last episode before that was Dragonfly? Right. Oh, shit. Then I've got a lot. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking of... also I have a lot. Uh, uh, we can we can breeze through it so we don't make yeah, this yeah, too long. I don't have episode. to talk about all um, of these. Uh... Well, we watched Cocaine... Well, I watched <laughs> Cocaine One Man Seduction on our... Uh, our charity Twitch stream that we did. Um, yeah. Thank you to everyone who donated to that and showed yeah, thank up. Thank you that very much. Fun. Um, I, uh, let's see. I think I talked about, I talked about the movies I watched in the hospital. Yeah. So I think, I think the, Okay. So May thirtieth was the first movie because we talked about like a perfect world because I rewatched rewatched that the night before we did the Dragonfly episode. That's correct. So like the next movie that I saw was Top Gun Maverick. Yeah. Uh, in which I got COVID nineteen. <laughs> um, I am recovered now. Thank you. Uh, I rewatched uh, Goodfellas the next day mm-hmm. uh, with you guys and yeah. Um, me and Travis. Me and me, you and Travis, and somehow you did not get COVID nineteen. Yeah, uh, I also went to Top Gun, and I yeah, you were okay. there and sitting next to Travis with no mask on, and somehow didn't get COVID, even mm-hmm. though Travis and I both did get COVID. So, one of life's great mysteries. <laughs> um, I rewatched Blades of Glory from yeah. two thousand seven. Mm-hmm. Uh, I rewatched Romeo Must Die. From 2000. Not, not exactly a high art here. Um, I watched Kickboxer 3, The Art of War, with you and uh, <laughs> Travis on Zoom. Yeah. Because we were quarantining. Uh, uh, 10 to Midnight. Mm-hmm. Uh, we all watched... Charles Bronson. Charles Bronson. Uh, probably my favorite Charles Bronson movie. Yeah. Definitely the best from the 80s period. Yeah. I've never seen the first Death Wish, though. I've seen all the sequels, because mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, we watched them all together. Yeah. Um, I watched 
Uh, I, I alluded to this briefly on the last episode, but mm-hmm. one of the weirdest movies I've ever seen, which is Lucky Numbers. Oh, yeah. Uh, the Nora Ephron, like John Travolta, Lisa mm-hmm. Kudrow, dark comedy. Mm-hmm. Uh, insane movie. Yeah. Absolutely insane. One of the weirdest, like, tonal balances I've ever seen in a movie. Movie I saw opening night in theaters. <laughs> Very cool. Um, now, did, did you like it? No, I hated it at the yeah. time. I mean, you would hate it now, but you yeah. might find more to not appreciate, but at least mm-hmm. kind of like, yeah, it's a, it's like a movie so baffling it should be put in a museum. Yeah. Um. I rewatched the first decline of Western civilization documentary. Okay. The punk one. Uh huh. Um. I, well, obviously we watched. Don't say a word. Uh, we saw The Outfit together, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, the 2022 Mark Rylance, uh, movie. Mm-hmm. Pretty good. Pretty yeah, solid. it's good. Yeah. Rylance is good. He's always good, yeah. though. I'd say it's one of those movies where the performance is better than the movie yeah. itself. But, yeah. Um, the, the movie has like a, um, like we kept talking about how it felt like a play. And the movie yeah. all takes place basically mm-hmm. in his, um, yeah. like cutting shop or whatever right it's tailored shop and um yeah it's it's very like it's a very small movie yeah i wouldn't say like the visual style has a whole lot of personality no but, uh, but the performances especially rylance are yeah very good yeah yeah rylance was great and um i didn't really i mean i didn't nobody else stood out to me too much um but uh uh, Zoe Deutsch was interesting mm-hmm. because she looks so much like Leah Thompson mm-hmm. and it's Leah Thompson's daughter with Howard yeah, Deutsch. Yeah, for sure. Um, I thought that was interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, especially as someone who's had like a crush on Leah Thompson forever <laughs> going back to like seeing the Back to the Future movies like when I was younger. Um, last couple of things on my list. I rewatched uh, Zodiac with the director's commentary. Mm-hmm. So I, I had never listened to the Fincher commentary, so I watched it with that. Mm-hmm. Had a good time with that. Um, and then uh, <laughs> another one that I, I can't really explain why I did it, but I rewatched Dodgeball the other night. <laughs> no uh, need to explain. <laughs> it's funny. I've had I've I've purchased a handful of good movies lately, and uh, Criterion sales coming up at Barnes and Noble in a, in a couple, few days as of this record. So like I've had my I've had all these like ideas about like good movies and stuff, mm-hmm. but I like have made time for like Blades of Glory yeah. and, and Dodgeball and Dodgeball yeah. in the last couple weeks. Uh, okay, here's the big question because I know my answer. What do you prefer, Dodgeball or Blades of Glory? Blades of Glory, absolutely, without With a, a doubt. Bullet. Yeah, yeah, easily. Yeah, um, and like I would say neither really like holds up great. In terms of, like, modern yeah, prism. But Blades of Glory, better. Blades of Glory, definitely. And it has, like... Like, it has a handful of, like, real jokes in it. Yeah. Um, I mean, granted, the movie gets a lot of mileage over the fact that it's, like, two dudes ice skating. And it's mm-hmm. like, oh, this is kind of gay. <laughs> sure. And, it, yeah. and that that's, like, the most pervasive joke. Yeah. Um, but there are some genuinely funny jokes in Blades of Glory. Uh <laughs> Um, which is a funny movie to kind of defend or whatever, I guess, we're doing. But Yeah, I would still kind of defend Blades of Glory. 
Oh, yeah. I uh, I would much rather watch Blades of Glory than pretty much most of the Will Ferrell movies from that era of comedy. Yeah. Uh, maybe save for the, like, Adam McKay ones. Mm. Like. Talladega. Probably. Nine, it's not better than Anchorman. <laughs> but I mean, I don't love Anchorman. Uh, no, I would say Anchorman's probably better than Blades of Glory. But I would much rather watch Blades of Glory than Talladega Nights. I probably would too. Although I think the other guys is pretty funny. I think that's kind of an underrated Will Ferrell movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's certainly way better than like Kicking and Screaming and like Semi Pro and a few of those other ones. Few of the other like yeah. Will Ferrell starring vehicles. Um, Semi pro, I would say, is bad. Not good. It's it's bad, but it's, it's got bad. it's got it's got laughs. A couple. I mean, I guess, yeah, in, in a similar way to Blades of Glory, but maybe on a smaller scale. Yeah. Not nearly as many. I also find it more boring than Blades of Glory. Uh, yeah. It's. Uh, I will say it's got an Andy Daly line that makes me laugh whenever I think about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. I know the one that you're thinking of. <laughs> um, uh, is that everything you've watched lately? Uh, is that yeah? In the monsoon wedding, cool. Last night. Uh, well, you went pretty fast, so I'll I'll try and go quick. I mean, if you want to, we can talk about some of them. Uh, I just wanted to get them all out there, and then we can decide which ones we want yeah. to talk about. I'll, I'll name the things that I've watched, and if you're like, well, what's that? I'll elaborate. Uh, I watched... Uh, this was a while back. I watched a movie called Nails with Dennis Hopper, which is a, a cop movie. I think you talked about that on the... Um... I, I don't know if I did. Maybe I talked to you off mic about it. Oh, maybe. Um but it was a direct-to-showtime cop movie starring Dennis Hopper from 1992. Okay. <laughs> uh, and uh, pretty... I mean, for what it is. I'm not going to say it's good, uh, but it was, like, a decent, like, made-for-showtime cop movie starring Dennis Hopper. Yeah, uh, pretty good for a made-for-showtime made cop movie starring uh, Dennis Hopper. And he's, like, wild in the movie. Yeah, he's like uh, running around naked and things like that. Well, I feel like if you're gonna get Dennis Hopper and you're made for Showtime movie, you better just like let him do whatever he wants. Yeah. Uh, and it's directed by uh, John Flynn, who did like mm. uh, Out for Justice, Rolling Thunder, um, the the outfit from the '70s. Yeah. Um, and I was just like kind of looking for. I was in the mood for like a just a really efficient crime movie that i'd never seen and was looking at his filmography i'm like well this sounds interesting and i didn't realize it was a made for showtime movie but i found it on youtube and it you know it had a cast john hawks um ortiz from speed uh keith david i had a good time with it all right yeah maybe you should check it out it's got some guys uh danny trejo i think's in it too okay that checks out yeah uh yeah, that's Nails from 1992. Nails. Yeah, and okay. Ann Archer is also in it. Ann Archer. Yeah. Very nice. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I watched uh, Croupier for the first time oh, with Clive yeah. Owen. The, um, the, uh, 
uh, the Get Carter guy. Yeah, yeah, right. directed by Mike Hodges. Yeah, yeah, because uh, I'd never seen that, and I always wanted to, and that was good. I've heard that movie's good, but I've heard it has like kind of like low budget like set design and stuff. Did kind you, of. Is that kind of what you noticed? Yeah, a little. I remember bit. reading because I remember reading a bunch of reviews on that like a year or two ago. Yeah. Um, just out of curiosity, because I also haven't seen it. Um, yeah. If you have issues with the. Um, the the sets from the david mamet movies from like the early 90s like house of games and uh homicide like it has that kind of a look to it like kind of very like stage play looking sets but uh yeah i like croupier quite a bit you ever think about how low budget now means something kind of totally different than what low budget like in the 90s yeah meant like now like low budget you can get like a digital camera that's still pretty nice and just kind of like shoot in a house or whatever but back then it was like you know cheaper sets maybe. right right i mean obviously there's still location shooting but like it, i feel like the advent of digital cameras and stuff basically allows the budget to stretch further these yeah. days than it used to when you had to shoot on film yeah for sure uh but but yeah, I know exactly what you mean by those sets. Mm. Uh, and I think if you saw some of those movies, have you ever seen House of Games? No, I've never seen. Yeah, it. seen them. Very Just... like f- kind of fake looking. Yeah. Sets. Yeah. Yeah. I've I've thought about watching those movies before because they've you know I don't know every <laughs> twice a year for the last like what like ten fifteen years or however long Barnes and Noble's been doing the Criterion mm-hmm. sale like comb through the Criterion yeah. collection and consider adding new movies all mm-hmm. the time. And somehow, every single sale, I come up with like five or six more, even though I, I I always buy those and think, well, I'm good on Criterion movies, except for new stuff. Yeah. And then inevitably, like a few months later, when they have the sale again, I always come up with like five or six more. Right. Yeah. Yeah, There's a there's a lot of stuff I always like, kind of pass on that I'm like, well, one day I'll get this. Yeah. Yeah. Barnes & Noble's also doing the Arrow sale. Yeah. And there's a lot of interesting Arrow stuff, but a lot of it's not stuff that I've seen. So it's mm-hmm. like, I don't know if I really want to like take a chance on like even $20 for yeah. a Blu-ray. Do a blind like, buy. There's a lot of cool like Japanese and Korean cinema and stuff yeah. in Arrow's collection. Like one of the ones I really want to watch is... uh the JSA, the Joint Security, um, um, yes, about the border between yeah. North and South Korea. Yeah, that's a movie I really want to watch. I've I've had it on my watch list for a while, and, and a lot of those are streaming. I just have to like take the time to do it. But maybe, maybe I'll try and get around to that movie specifically before that yeah. sale goes away. Yeah, I've never seen that movie. Yeah, but yeah, maybe I'll pick it up. Um, now let's see here. And, yeah, like you said, I saw Top Gun, which, uh... We haven't really talked Top Gun. Yeah, we haven't really talked... We should talk Top Gun Yeah, let's talk Top Gun. Talking Top Gun. Yeah. Uh, it's the biggest movie of the summer. Yeah, people are still talking about it. People are still going to see it, too. And loving it. Yeah. Um, Uh, Which kind of blows me away. Not because I've seen it, and mm -hmm. even though I don't like it nearly as much as, like, the Mm -hmm. average, uh fan of that movie seems to yeah but uh it just the the con like 
the concept of there being a new Top Gun, like mm-hmm. I scoffed at. Yeah. I, I did not think that they would find a way to make Top Gun like relevant again. Right. Like Top Gun felt very much like a relic from 1986. You yeah. know, like how could they possibly bring back Top Gun after all these yeah. years and make people care? Mm-hmm. Um, and and to their credit, like it's they succeeded they succeeded somehow it sure succeeded yeah Yeah. um even though i don't love the movie i thought it was fine i I had a good enough time with it but um yeah i'd probably give it like a b minus c plus perhaps probably a c plus for me yeah but somewhere on that border i i wasn't bored really i mean there were some there's some stuff in there that i don't like love but like the jennifer connelly stuff (laughs) um i mean so i did find out who jennifer connelly's like character is supposed to be yeah i think i read that about that no i don't think you and i talked about it but it's like uh she's referenced in top gun yeah it's like michael ironside's daughter or whatever right uh i don't know about that but it's probably it's 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 one of the like yeah it's one of his like superior's daughter yeah and she's referenced in but they don't they don't really go out of your way their way to like right. explain much to you they kind of just like ask you the audience to accept tom cruise's pete maverick mitchell if you don't know him <laughs> here he is yeah um and, and i think like i mean i've heard a lot of people who've never seen top gun really like it uh um, yeah which i mean so i guess they did a good job yeah yeah, same here. I know people that are like really excited to see it that have never seen the original Top Gun. Yeah. It's weird that they didn't ask Kelly McGillis to do mm-hmm. even a small cameo, apparently. Yeah. Um, she is like the co-lead, if there is a co-lead in that movie, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. in the first Top Gun. Definitely weird that they didn't write they didn't her out. Her. Yeah, mention her at all. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I figured they would have at least mentioned her. Like, yeah, like, like oh, Jennifer Connelly would have been like, whatever happened with, what's her name? Yeah. And then... Be like, oh, she's dead. Yeah. <laughs> or something. Yeah, right. I mean, maybe because that's so lazy or whatever, but mm-hmm. like, I don't know. It's weird that they didn't... Yeah, you'd think there'd be something. Or um, just have her in it. I would have asked her back. I Yeah, I mean, I think she even said, like, she would have done it. Um... Yeah, I don't know if I read that she said that, but I definitely read that she, she said, like... wasn't asked. Yeah, I never heard anything about it. I mean, I think they... Yeah, I don't know. It's weird. It's almost, like, annoying <laughs> to me. I mean, like, I don't... Yeah. I, I truly don't care that much, but, like... Like, how could you not ask... At least ask her. Yeah. Like, and if she turns you down or, like, wants too much money to do it, at least you asked. Mm. Um, but... Yeah. Odd. Yeah. She had a little bit of a resurgence in like the like indie horror world. Oh, really? Um, in like the like her circa like 2010, mm-hmm. like she was in the Innkeepers, the Ty mm-hmm. West movie, and she's right. good in that. And, okay. Uh, what was that movie called? Um, we are what we are. The Cannibal mm, okay. movie directed by Jim Mickle. Uh, yeah. If I might be wrong about that, but I think she's in that. But yeah, she she kind of had a little bit of a resurgence there. I mean, I also read some people theorizing that because she came out of the closet after Top Gun, uh-huh. um, 
that like Tom Cruise didn't want her because she was gay <laughs> in, in the I mean, new Top Gun. Yeah, who knows? But I mean, Tom Cruise is clearly a freak. <laughs> we love him on screen, but he's clearly a freak and <laughs> and probably uh, knows like where Shelley Miskovich is buried and stuff. But you know, yeah, I mean. I love Tom Cruise, but he might be the most unrelatable person on the planet. <laughs> I mean, there was that great, uh, like, Miles Teller interview. Miles Teller is another actor I'm not really a fan of, so uh-huh. that's maybe part of my muted response to Top Gun, but uh, where, like, Miles Teller supposedly had, like, jet fuel in his blood or whatever Yeah, from filming those scenes. Mm-hmm. I assume somehow ingesting the fumes got it into right. his blood or whatever. I don't really know how that works. But then top Tom Cruise, like, without skipping a beat, just says, I was born with a kid. Or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like... <laughs> yeah. What an unusual guy. <laughs> oh, a total freak. Yet, I mean... Yet. Love to watch that guy run and do stuff. Yeah. On yeah. the big screen. Cruise can't be stopped. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Um, all right. Where where was I on what I saw? Um Top Gun. Top Gun and then we watched Goodfellas like you said mm-hmm. right after Ray Liotta passed away. Mhm. Uh, Goodfellas one of the best movies ever. Mhm. Uh maybe the best movie of the 90s. It's it's up there. Um uh, that'd be a fun list. Yeah. Uh, you know, I you know this. I and I know a lot of people would probably scoff at this, but I prefer Boogie Nights, which is incredibly indebted to Goodfellas. Yeah. Because Boogie Nights is basically my favorite movie ever. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. I think Boogie Nights is like a five out of five, like, classic. Uh For sure in the top, like, four of that decade for me. Maybe Mm -hmm. five, I don't know. I'd have to look at my list. But, um... But it doesn't exist. No, it doesn't exist without good. But that's also not necessarily reason to say Mm. it's worse. Like sometimes something that's clearly inspired by something Mm. can be like better than what it's inspired by. Although I would, I think I would still say I like Goodfellas better. But I mean, they're both great. So it's splitting hairs, really. And I also don't know if Boogie Nights exists without certain moments from uh, Casino either. Mm Hmm. Yeah, it definitely has a lot of the, like, when he gets into cocaine, a lot of that excess feeling. Uh, yeah. Uh, and, like, the lights of Vegas and all that uh-huh. stuff feels very much like the yeah the the way Boogie Nights feels. Mm-hmm. And, like, and it, like, at the halfway mark, when it, uh, when it starts with the, uh, like, the, the interview with mm-hmm. Mark Wahlberg's character, like, that's, like, also, I think, the halfway mark, uh, casino mm-hmm. where uh, De Niro's like being interviewed but anyhow we could we could go on analyzing. Uh, we could talk about both those movies <laughs> analyzing for, the for similarities hours. yeah I did watch um, Ebert and uh, Roger Ebert and uh, Martin Scorsese list their 10 best movies of the 90s mm-hmm. and uh, Ebert had Goodfellas on his list at number three mm-hmm. and I was like how do you do that with Scorsese sitting right in front of you I would not have the guts to not put it number one what did he what did Ebert have at number one was it Hoop Dreams Hoop Dreams yeah okay yeah. Scorsese probably wasn't too mad about about that no I mean and he was very gracious just to be included I yeah. think I mean Scorsese is one of I mean, not only is he probably the finest filmmaker, I think, who's ever uh, lived, Mm -hmm. but I think he's also, like, 
truly maybe the finest like representative for of film as cinema. culture yeah yeah, yeah that's sure. ever existed too like he's done so much for world cinema um like in getting all these movies like released and stuff mm-hmm. and that's why it's always so funny to me like when when he like you know makes a comment about the marvel movies being like <laughs> theme park rides and and, mm-hmm. and like people attack him like but like they're like oh mr shark or whatever because <laughs> he did a voice in that yeah. for his granddaughter or whatever but like I don't I don't think people think about or realize exactly how much Martin Scorsese's done for cinema like mm-hmm. just as a you know representative yeah yeah and he's right about the Marvel movies I mean he totally <laughs> is and it's not even a bad thing like no uh, like that's the thing people latch on to like a small part of the quote but like what he says is like that's great it just can't be the only thing yeah at the at the movies right and that's i i I don't i don't understand how anyone could really disagree with that but Mm, right people find ways to uh and ebert's number two for the 90s was pulp fiction yeah above goodfellas Mm mm-hmm which I don't agree with. I think I probably no. agreed with that when I was younger. Mm-hmm. When... Pulp Fiction is definitely one of those movies where maybe it's because I've seen it so many times. Yeah. But, like, it's, uh, I mean, it's not a movie I think is bad or anything. No. I mean, no, I, it's I'd... still great. It's but a great like, movie, but it's, it's not even in my top three Tarantino these yeah. days. Yeah. Uh, definitely not better than Goodfellas, but, uh, Scorsese has an interesting list. Um, uh, is Bottle Rocket in there? Bottle Rocket. Yeah, yeah, that's one thing I respect uh, Scorsese he for. He loves yeah. Bottle Rocket. And then he was another one that like was really instrumental in getting like Bottle Rocket like, yeah. released and stuff here. Um, and he, So he's like directly responsible. I mean, some people may say it's a bad thing, but directly responsible for some of the success of Wes Anderson. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, he's got a couple of he's got a handful of movies on his list that I've never even heard of. Uh, you Scorsese. Know, I'm looking at Scorsese's. He might have the better list. I think he does. I think I, it's he, cool that he's got certain things included. I mean, I love that he has Heat on yeah. his because Heat is a movie I think that now mm-hmm. has a lot more respect. Yeah, and even in the '90s, like it was well reviewed and stuff. But Heat was always kind of viewed, I think, as being more of like, well, it's an action movie, first sure, or whatever. Yeah, um, it doesn't really get the the critical respect mm-hmm. until now. Yeah. Um and good for him for having Eyes Wide Shut at number 4. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Um back then for sh- for sure. Yeah, you can find a lot of interesting stuff if you google like Scorsese favorite movies like he likes a lot of he's got a very like wide mm-hmm. taste range. Like there were some interesting ones like there was some movie from like last year mm-hmm. uh that's like wait really <laughs> um uh and hold on i'll find it but we can keep talking uh, and scorsese he's also got crash the cronenberg crash on there yeah yeah 
I mean, he still had, like, Fargo, which Ebert mm-hmm. has on his. Yeah. And they both have Malcolm X on theirs. Yeah. And they both got Breaking the Waves. Yeah, that kind of surprised me. Not, I mean, that that movie's, like, uh, I don't love it, but I can see why people like it a lot. I, I'm not a big yeah. Lars von Trier head. Um, I like that movie. I'd say it's probably my favorite Lars von Trier. I mean, I probably would, too, but... <laughs> yeah that's i mean it's good it's not like yeah. bad i don't like think like oh that movie sucks or whatever you're it's not just, gonna go home and watch it after we finish recording i cannot imagine a scenario where i would go home and be like all right i'm gonna put on breaking the waves because that movie's like super depressing <laughs> it's very depressing uh so you're looking up to see what uh, so i have this insanely long list of like movies that scorsese has talked about liking uh so this isn't like him making like a letterbox list or whatever yeah um but this is like kind of this like massive list it's on movies website okay the streaming service Mm -hmm. movie um of just movies that he has mentioned like being movies people should see yeah or whatever and so it's this list is cool it's it's a um good list of you know movies if you're just looking for random recommendations it's all um sorted by uh year so it mm-hmm. starts with the like 20s or 1919 or whatever with, uh-huh. um some of the silent stuff and then it goes down but he's got like over a thousand movies on this list uh-huh. um so i'm just right now i'm, I'm scrolling through to get to the bottom where the more recent ones are because there was one movie that i was like kind of surprised by mm-hmm. um and I'm, I'm just trying to find what that movie is but any anytime like i see a movie on on this list that i really love mm-hmm. it like makes me feel like validated validated yeah <laughs> i'm like oh, okay if scorsese says it's good then, yeah then i'm correct <laughs> basically yeah. that's how I, I look at it even though it's you know obviously film subjective and stuff but uh-huh. like um yeah and, and and there's movies on here too that it's like i didn't really have maybe much interest in watching mm-hmm. but like seeing it on this list makes me want to try it you know mm-hmm. or it you know it makes me uh a little more open to trying it. Yeah. He has Spider-Man from 2002 on his list. Okay. Actually, you want to look at just the 2002 ones that he has? Yeah. Let's let's talk about what movies Scorsese like from 2002. It's not very many. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and only one of them is an American movie. Uh, Bright Future by Kiyoshi Kurosawa. I don't know. I uh, never saw it. Yeah. Jealousy is My Middle Name by by uh, Park Chan Oak, okay, Korean film, and then um, Waiting for Happiness, mm-hmm. uh, Ab- Abderrahman Sasako. So, I don't know that. So one. we should probably cover these. Yeah, yeah, other movies we should uh, double check. Oh, it was Nightmare Alley, the Guillermo del Toro. Oh, he really one. liked it. He put he, I guess, has talked about it at some point. Okay. Um. Which is kind of interesting to me. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I thought that movie was better than I expected it to be. Mm-hmm. Um, but maybe he's also a big fan of the original and he just liked the take on it. Yeah. Uh, he is a big Ari Aster fan, though, because he has both Hereditary and Midsummer 
nice his list um i i actually read some quotes he did he did we're getting way in the weeds here i mean but, might as well yeah but uh he did uh he introed a screening of midsommar mm-hmm. um and he he uh he had really high praise for it it was it was cool to hear um he was yeah. like talking about like he was like oh there's some images in like the last half of this movie that are gonna mm. like stick with you forever yeah. it's gonna stick with me yeah and that's a movie too that's like another that would be a really high one on yeah my, uh, that's a decade that one's high on my list. 2019 list yeah uh i prefer that to hereditary i don't know about you i don't i prefer yeah. hereditary but um i love them both for different yeah. reasons um I mean, they're they're very they're not really all that similar. Movies. No, like definitely not. Hereditary is certainly a more traditional horror movie, mm-hmm. and Midsummer is like terrifying, but for <laughs> mostly like existential reasons. Yeah. Um. Okay. So I was talking about what I'd seen. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'll I'll breeze through this. Uh, so uh, No Way Out. I watched because we talked about. Uh, oh yeah, Micah recommended yeah. that on our Dragon Ball episode. Yeah, because we were talking Costner, we were talking about Kevin, and uh, I'd never seen No Way Out, so I watched that, and it was uh, it was pretty, it was a good you know like eighties political thriller, right? Um, and I saw Black Dog with Patrick, <laughs> Patrick Swayze, Swayze and yeah. Meatloaf and Randy Travis, uh, just because it was on Tubi, and I think it was leaving soon on those, Tubi. Those three guys should have been in more movies together. Oh, absolutely. Now, all of those guys have passed now, right? Not uh, Randy Travis, right? Um, well, because Randy Travis has a bad illness, if he's oh. still alive. Um, uh, I wasn't aware. Yeah, I believe... I believe maybe multiple sclerosis. Oh. Um... Uh Oh, he had um he had uh, aphasia, which is the oh, thing that Bruce yeah, yeah. Willis mm-hmm. just retired from. Uh so. and he so Randy Travis is not alive. No, he is alive. Oh, okay. He yeah, I was going to say I didn't remember him. He's alive and yeah. yeah. I think he's even done some like touring and stuff since mm. he was diagnosed with that, but I think he yeah. has to like use a cane and stuff now. Um, uh, yeah. but yeah, Black Dog, uh, I don't know, think like, uh, if, um, uh, what's, uh, why am I blanking on his name from Roadhouse? Dalton. Dalton. Think if, uh, Dalton were a truck driver. Okay. That's the movie. Well, you, you do love a truck driver movie. <laughs> oh, that's right. I, I do. Yeah. You. I like a good, uh, I like a good highway film. Yeah. Good trucker movie. Good highway movie. Um, have you ever seen the original Hitcher? I have. I actually am. That's coming right up. Really? I watched it for the first time. Wow. Uh, <laughs> on uh, June 20th. Okay. So that's coming up. Nice. Uh, so yeah, I saw Black Dog. I saw Kickboxer 3, like you said. Rewatched 10 to Midnight, which rules. Uh, saw the outfit, which we just talked about, and then yeah, the Hitcher with Rucker Hauer. Nice, weird. Uh, That's uh, I didn't, I 
did not see that on your list or on your letterbox or whatever. Yeah, never, never saw it. And I was like, I should probably see this. And uh, it's good. Because we've seen the remake. We saw the remake in theaters. Yeah. And that movie's not good. No, that's not good. <laughs> uh, and it's like pretty similar to this movie. Yeah. The, the original from 86. You got C. Thomas Howell in there. Jennifer Jason Lee. Uh, C. Thomas Howell was recently uh, like promoted on Instagram to me. It was like recommended. <laughs> it was like you might like, and it's just like some picture of C. Thomas Howell like with a beard, like smiling. I was like, why would I like this? <laughs> what? Why? Why do I? Why do I need to see this? Uh, yeah. But um, yeah, The Hitcher I would recommend. It's on uh, HBO Max. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, there's, there's a few things on uh, HBO Max I've been meaning to watch. I mean, mm. it's still my favorite streaming service. Yeah. Um, and then I watched uh, an Italian movie that came out. Uh, it looks like it came out in 2021, but I was under the impression it came out this year in the States called The Tale of King Crab. Uh, which is, you know, the kind of movie that Travis would make fun of me for yeah, watching. Yeah, I was just thinking, <laughs> Travis is, like, rolling his eyes while listening He's to this like right now. He's, like, falling asleep right now. He's, um, like, swerving on the road, <laughs> having to jolt himself awake. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's called The Tale of King Crab. Um, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a good movie. Uh, it's about, like, a, uh, takes place in this, like, Italian village in the late, like, 19th century, and there's this, like, town drunk that gets himself exiled from the village and has to pose as a priest looking for some treasure. I know, it's pretty wild. Uh, I would recommend it to fans of, like, uh, like, Werner Herzog movies, like, Fitzcarraldo, like, that kind of a thing. Sure. Um, yeah, it was good. Um... And then I watched The Hustle with Adam Sandler. Oh, you watched that? Yeah. Was or it? not The Hustle, just, just hustle. hustle. Yeah. Uh, it was good. Was it good? Yeah. Huh. All right. Uh, I think you'd like it. The Sandman mm-hmm. having a comeback. Yeah. Um, uh, it's always nice to see him, like, do a performance. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Because, I mean, he really phones it in in a lot of those yeah. Happy Madison movies. And this is a Happy Madison movie. You see the logo right at the top. Really? Yeah. Um, you know what movie hmm. I still have a soft spot for? Hubie Halloween. <laughs> it's not good. But no, but it's okay. It's for a Happy Madison movie. Yeah. It's like pretty good yeah. for what it is. I mean, to be totally honest, like there's a pretty good sized chunk of Happy Madison movies that I didn't see. Like I'd say everything between like Zohan and Hubie Halloween, I, I think, never saw. I think I stopped after click you didn't uh, see click right no i didn't see click i saw click with our friend but, brian yeah. yeah but i never saw the grown-up movies i never saw, never saw them yeah uh jack and jill uh, yeah uh well i've seen jack and jill mm-hmm. but i would say that's kind of the outlier in his more recent yeah. movies and i certainly haven't seen any of the like netflix ones that yeah. he's done like sandy wexler and right uh yeah the ridiculous six or whatever that yeah. was called or the do-over but you've seen uh, oh i saw murder mystery as well oh i never saw that that was a netflix one so i guess i've seen more than i realized but um but you've seen hubie i've seen i saw hubie yeah oh. i watched that fairly excitedly <laughs> uh during uh during the pandemic yeah uh, 
during quarantine portion yeah. of the pandemic. Uh, it's, uh, I don't know if you had this uh, feeling, but the first, like, you know, Adam Sandler comedy that you see after, like, a really good Adam Sandler, like, movie. Like, I remember um, when Anger Management came out after Punch Drunk Love, I was like, oh, this is, like, okay. Kind of rose-colored glasses yeah. a little bit. Like, you're a little more on board with and him then, as a yeah. personality. Sure. Yeah. And then Hubie was the first movie to come out after Uncut Gems, right? Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, Hubie's not good, for uh-huh. sure. There is some stuff in Hubie that I think is, like, <laughs> is so stupid. <laughs> I never thought we'd discuss Hubie Halloween. Uh, but... Before there's, we get to... There's some stuff in... Monsoon Wedding. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Two movies that couldn't be more different. Sure. Uh, there's some stuff in Hubie Halloween that I think is, like, kind of interesting. And, like, I don't know. I remember remarking at the time in my, like, letterbox review that, like... There's a scene in Hubie Halloween, like, where, like, Ray Liotta's character in that movie, mm-hmm. R.I.P., uh, is, like, irrationally mean to Hubie. Uh-huh. And at one point, like, they just kind of, like, confront him, and, like, he's, like, they're, like, why are you so mean uh-huh. to Hubie? Like, like, what, like, what reason do you have to be mean? And he's, like, I don't know. <laughs> and, and it was, like, one of those, like, weirdly, like, mature reads on like the whole like bully dynamic in a movie where it was like he's like god i don't really know now Mm -hmm. you mention it and and it's one of those things where it's like you would just kind of accept that character being like a dick to hubie because Mm -hmm. like you know in the 90s they would call him all kinds of like offensive names or whatever yeah um but like in a 2020 movie it was just kind of like interesting to be like like make that character actually kind of confront like why he's such a dick Mm -hmm. for no reason to this harmless person um i don't know i that's not really a reason to like watch that movie i would say but like i was like well there's there's a little more here than your average happy madison movie because there's happy madison movies like i don't know deuce bigelow european gigolo that are truly like just god awful <laughs> like absolutely yeah or you don't mess with the zohan you don't mess with that that was really bad yeah uh, and i'm trying to think i now pronounce you I chuck know, and larry yeah that was one of the last ones i saw i never saw that one yeah we saw it together we did, did we? see it yeah oh i guess i just put it out of my mind <laughs> yeah you me and travis saw it i believe cool uh, i'm sure that that movie's not <laughs> full of uh jokes at the expense of gay people yeah Maybe we should rewatch it. See how it holds up yeah, nowadays. I got I got enough on my plate. But I, I say that yeah. and I rewatched like Dodgeball like two nights ago, mm-hmm. so who knows? Yeah. <laughs> <Dodgeball>. <laughs> who re- who really knows? My my like viewing my viewing habits are uh lately a lot um less intentional uh-huh. and more just like spur of the moment decisions yeah. like i watched dodgeball i i didn't think about watching dodgeball yeah. i didn't sit down to watch dodgeball just... i literally because i just signed up for hulu so i could watch <clears throat> so i could watch that jeff bridges fx show the old man mm-hmm. and um i just logged on and started browsing through the comedies yeah and then i was like 
alright, I guess I'll just watch Dodgeball. <laughs> and so there was nothing intentional about it. It was just kind of a thing that happened. Yeah, that's kind of how I uh, watched Black Dog. Yeah. Just well, you, you love Tubi, and you just let Tubi, yeah. you just let Tubi I happen let, to you. Yeah, I let Tubi do it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Tubi, take me away. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I love Tubi. I might watch Tubi title tonight. Really? Mm-hmm. Any uh, any leads? Any, um, any, any inkling which way you might go, or are you just uh, gonna see when you hop on? I noticed there was this movie called The Naked Face leaving Tubi soon mm-hmm. um, with uh, Roger Moore from the mid or early eighties. Uh, he's like a psychiatrist. Gets gets himself caught in a uh, web of uh, intrigue. <laughs> I mean, uh, Roger Moore is certainly a performer. Yeah, yeah. He's got some big glasses that he's wearing. <laughs> I will say nothing gets me to watch a, mov- a movie more than when I see it's leaving a streaming platform. Yeah, that's true. But that that always inspires me to kind of kick it into gear with mo- certain movies. Yeah. Um, because I would say a lot, of the, a lot of the stuff I watch is like, I'll browse through the HBO Max yeah. soon section and see that. Yeah. It's like, oh, all right, I guess it's time. Yeah. Tubi gets me with that. Yeah. And then it, it leaves for a little while, and then I notice that it's, like, on Pluto or something. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, that's the thing. I don't... I've stopped stressing it a little bit, because yeah. it, it just shuffles around. Most movies just shuffle yeah. between streaming services, and, uh, you know, these days, I think have access to most of them yeah or if i don't maybe i can like sign up with a free trial under a different email address or something and right like watch it so yeah uh, but uh yeah download tubi everybody yeah we're yeah. we're trying to get some sort of tubi sponsorship even though they don't like have subscribers <laughs> like a subscription so i don't really know what that would look like yeah but, like, Tubi t-shirts or something, maybe? Yeah. We, I'd, I'd wear a Tubi t-shirt. We just want Tubi to know that we approve of what they're doing. Yeah, we like you, Tubi. Yeah. <laughs> we, we, we've recently made Tubi a very big part of our uh, weekly movie nights. Yeah. A lot of movies we've watched recently have been on Tubi. Mm-hmm. And I think we all, we both uh, really like the, uh, the ad structure compared to other similar... Yeah streaming platforms mm-hmm. that have mandatory ads yeah um because they place the ads uh like at the end of scenes and mm-hmm. sometimes at the end of like uh like acts yeah yeah it, it all feels fairly curated like, yeah like someone actually like chose where to put mm-hmm. it and stuff yeah and maybe they're just using chapter stops or something maybe from yeah, dvds but like either way whatever they're doing Mm-hmm. keep it up yeah keep it up Tubi. yeah because you you know you finish the scene you're like wow i can't wait to get back into this after i finish this uh ad for whatever this feels like our first like ad read for Tubi <laughs> that we're doing right now yeah after this chase ad yeah um yeah uh and then i've got one more thing that i watched and i think it might be the perfect segue because it's uh mississippi masala yeah. yeah, I picked up the Criterion and I watched it a uh, day before yesterday, and I liked it a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I've heard really good things about that one. Um, 
yeah, really, really good Denzel performance. Mm-hmm. Very young Denzel, right? That was like 91? Uh, 91, yeah. Yeah, so pretty young. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was like, what, two years before Malcolm X? 93 was Malcolm X? Uh, or was Malcolm X 92? Um, yeah, it was like right before Malcolm yeah, X. Either yeah. way. It was after Glory and then right before um, Malcolm X. I also didn't know that uh, Sarita Chudari... Mm-hmm. Um, was in that movie because yeah. I'd heard of Miss Masala, but mm-hmm. I didn't know she was like the lead in that. Yeah, um, because she's an actor that I've seen more recently and stuff, but I I don't really remember her from from before. back then. Yeah, yeah, that must have been one of her early movies because I know her mostly from probably what you're about to say. No, go oh, ahead. Uh, Homeland. She's uh, Mandy Patinkin's wife. Oh. I haven't watched too much Home Oh, Games. okay. Um, uh, recently, she was in The Green Knight. She was oh. Deb Patel's mom in Oh, that. cool. Um, Which I still haven't seen. <laughs> that's another movie. I, I've given Andrew a copy of that movie, and he still hasn't watched it. But, yeah, it's uh, a big big hole for me. That, that movie's great. I've watched it a couple of times. That's a, that's a really great movie. Um, yeah. Movie I guess I've definitely slept on. Yeah, and still sure. sleeping on it, but I'll watch it very maybe, soon. Maybe that'd be a fun like bonus episode for us to like watch a few movies that we've like famously yeah. slept on or whatever. Yeah, and never gotten around to, and we report back on them or something. Yeah, but uh, yeah. Uh, I didn't know that she was. That, I mean, I think that was her first movie too. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, it must have been. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I watched. I actually watched um, going through clicking around through stuff from this movie and that movie i watched her in the criterion closet from a couple months ago oh nice yeah what did she uh, pull out of the closet um uh, if you remember yeah i don't really remember there wasn't uh, i i was kind of watching to see if she pulled out like monsoon wedding mm-hmm. um but she didn't um yeah. and and obviously I, I think she was there doing some bonus feature stuff for the Mississippi Masala because that's a yeah. pretty new release. So mm-hmm. there was no physical copy of that yet. But um, yeah. yeah. Uh, and the Blu-ray looks great. Uh, yeah. I'd say if you have any interest, pick it up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think, is that streaming on the Criterion channel? Uh, that I don't know. Um, I can check. This movie is not... Um, Monsoon Wedding. Yeah, it, it, it's streaming on uh, Showtime. That's how I watched it. Oh, okay. Yeah, I watched Mississippi Musala on the Criterion Blu-ray, and it looked amazing. And then I watched Monsoon Wedding on a old-school uh, Universal DVD. Yeah. Um, Mississippi Musala is not streaming, so if you have any interest in that... Um, and I, I also don't know how easy to find the Criterion DVD for Monsoon Wedding is. Yeah, uh, I kind of looked I for it. I think it might be out of print. It might now. be. Um, but if you have any interest in either of these, um, when this episode comes out, like maybe a week later is when the Criterion sale starts at Barnes and Noble. Yeah. So if you have any interest in these, I would check yeah online when that starts um and you get them half off because i mean i'm just gonna say it now this is my favorite movie that we've watched so far from the 2002 project yeah i think it's 
easily the best one we've watched yeah. so far. I, 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 I really enjoyed it. Um, mm-hmm. I came close to giving it a high, even higher grade than I did. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, let's, I guess, let's get, let's into, get it. into it. Yeah. Um, and I'll, uh, I'll make some like comparisons to, uh, Mississippi Masala here and there. Sure. Um, so I won't like go too in depth into that movie, but, sure. uh, but that movie's really good. I, yeah. I recommend it. Um, yeah, Monsoon Wedding. Should we do the quick elevator pitch? Yeah. Um, I mean, this is not a movie necessarily that has a lot in terms of like plot. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's a, it's a very like breezily paced movie. Like, mm-hmm. um, and it's 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 a lot more about like um, character interactions more yeah. so than like actual like plot moving forward. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I mean the basic gist is um, uh, a family is preparing for a large um, mm-hmm. wedding, yeah, um, which is an arranged marriage uh-huh. uh, between yeah. a Didi, mm-hmm. um, a Didi, yeah. who is the cover on the the character like one of the character on like the main dvd cover the non-criterion one yeah um but she's not really even close to the main character i think in this movie right it's very much an ensemble it's an ensemble movie but i think there's two characters really that kind of are the anchors for me definitely Um, well um, one for sure i'm curious to know what the second one is in your opinion we um but well okay so my two yeah like the two the, the who i think the movie kind of like hinges on the yeah. most is uh, um uh Rhea, right? Rhea. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. and I think yeah. she's great in that this movie. Um uh and then the dad. Yeah. Um yeah. Yeah. Um and I think I I thought he was so good in mm-hmm. this movie and it blows my mind that he hasn't gotten more opportunities in Hollywood. A, a lot of people in this movie I yeah. can say the same about. Now uh-huh. I I don't know if he wants that because he was in like league of extraordinary gentlemen as a oh, small okay. part in that um, which would have been like is, a couple years after this yeah, uh, yeah. nasiruddin shah is his name yeah um and so i you know i'm not gonna sit here and like i don't want to say that like a bollywood actor should aspire to be, be an movies. american actor. yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, like that's not what i'm yeah. trying to say but i it does kind of surprise me that, like, you know, that he didn't have at least a couple of mm-hmm. larger roles yeah. in America. And, and um, same with uh, Shafali Shah, who plays Rhea. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think there are any relation. I think it's just kind of a common surname. Right. Um, but uh, she she doesn't really have any, uh, any non-Bollywood or... Uh, Hindi language films mm-hmm. on her uh, resume, and yeah. I thought they were both really good. Yeah, um, yeah, it's kind of interesting that we can, you know, in a lot of our other episodes, we can talk about where certain actors are in their career, and this is very hard. Yeah, because we, we don't no real idea. We don't really know. There's who. only one actor in the movie that I recognize, uh-huh. and it's probably. I'm sure you also recognized him from stuff, and it's. Um, uh Russian Seth who um uh, is in like Gandhi Street Fighter and yes. like the second Indiana Jones movie. Yeah, yeah. Um and like I I was like, "Oh, it's that guy." 
Um, but, uh, that's it really. I mean, he, he works, he still works in American or uh, English language films. Um, uh-huh. but, uh, for the most part, not a lot of people, um, in this movie do. Uh, there was, uh, the, um, guy that plays Rahul, who's like the nephew yeah. uh-huh. that gets called like idiot and stuff yeah. a lot. Um, he was in Extraction, that Netflix oh, okay. movie. Which I never saw. No, I never saw it either. But that movie is like set in India. So, right. I mean, he's, he's in that movie. Yeah. But, um, um, but that, uh, the other actor that you were just talking about that you recognized, um, yeah, Roshan Seth. Yeah, Roshan Seth. He, he's in, uh, Mississippi Masala. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think I saw he was in a couple other, uh, even, a, maybe even a couple other, uh, Mira Nair movies. Yeah. And um, he's great in. Really? Yeah, Mississippi Masala. Oh, cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, which I, as much as I like this movie, I might have liked Mississippi Musala just a little bit better. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. I've got to check it out because I really enjoyed this one uh, quite a bit. Um, so, yeah, so it's about an arranged marriage. Um, and uh, one thing I thought was interesting about this, and mm-hmm. you can tell me how you read it. Mm-hmm. But, like, obviously, so this is a, this is a movie about um, Indian people Mm -hmm. and set in india Mm -hmm. um but it's very much not like a bollywood movie like the structure of it is much more uh Uh, yeah easily identifiable by like a western audience right versus what like something like Roz that we watch yeah i was gonna say we so we talk about Roz, which is probably like uh, something like uh i don't know like a movie like The Conjuring over here or something mm-hmm. like that, right? Like a big, a big movie. And a movie like this is probably a much smaller film, yeah. right? Like, I, so I, I, when I was looking at the box office numbers, which we'll get into later, mm-hmm. um, I could not find any info on how it did in India. In India. Um, so I don't know, like, what kind of audience it found. Um, yeah. So I don't know. Um, but one thing I thought was interesting though, getting back to what I was saying is that this is a movie that like talks about Mm -hmm. like arranged marriage and it talks about kind of like changing culture, Mm -hmm. the changing of the culture in India is India is maybe becoming a little less like conservative or traditional. Yeah. Um, but it, but it doesn't really like it doesn't really go it, it's not trying to make too much of a statement yeah it's kind of just like this is their situation yeah and you're in it um yeah and you see what it's like it's not really judging necessarily right nor is it saying oh this is good yeah like, this, this is the way uh, things should be or whatever. yeah and you kind of get the feel that india at this point is becoming like a little more uh like tech savvy like mm-hmm. like a little more like dot com i think they say that at some point yeah in the um, movie well yeah a couple um well the the uh husband or the uh, arranged husband what's his character name again um hemant hem yeah hemant hem hemant um, hemant um yeah, I, I, yeah. i'm not sure i think it's hemant i just watched Hamant. this morning okay. so 
Um, yeah, he's like a, a tech guy, I yeah. believe. Or, and then so is Rahul. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And um, then, yeah, that's another in- interesting thing is that you have all these characters that have gone to, like, uh, Haman, he went to Texas. Mm-hmm. And then Rahul, he went to Australia. Australia, yeah. And they'd been gone for a while, and then they right. kind of come back. Yeah, I mean, that's one thing about this movie is that it's... Um, it's all about like bringing the large extended family back together, yeah. and it, so this is kind of one of those sort of like big events yeah. where everyone comes that, back to India for it. Yeah, because you get the sense that all these people don't get together that often until right. now, and then that that is crucial to one of the main kind of storylines, Rhea's storyline, mm-hmm. yeah. especially um, because of the dynamic. Yeah, that we'll get into. Yeah, yeah. Uh, one. Uh, so you you know this. This is kind of like an inside baseball thing. But I uh, I've been DJing a lot of weddings yeah. lately this year, and when I meet these like big families, I kind of like have to figure out what the uh, relationship of family members are to one another. I'm like, well, who? who's this person how are they uncle yeah yeah is this a real uncle or Mm -hmm. they just call him uncle like that kind of thing and that's what this movie reminded me of like watching it i'm like wait who's this person and how are they related to this person totally nails that like overwhelming uh yeah feeling that sometimes you get when you're in like such a huge like gathering of people like yeah because you're meeting a bunch of people for the first time because you can't know everybody right yeah yeah uh did you how did you handle figuring out how everybody was related to one another um, i think i <laughs> i i kept the wikipedia tab oh okay. and had a couple imdb like plot yeah. summaries handy um yeah if i ever got confused about like the exact relationship yeah because there were a couple moments i was like is this person related to them or are they just like a family friend yeah but i think i i think i got it mm-hmm. yeah yeah i mean maybe there were a couple of um, background characters or whatever that you kind of see or hear like yeah. once or twice, but for the most part, all the like main relationships, yeah, I, I felt like comfortable, yeah, with you know understanding them. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah. So the movie it's just about the like the days leading up to this wedding, like mm-hmm. the planning of it, and you know the. Uh, like the i guess romantic uh well, entanglements of yeah. some of the characters and right then... so like yeah obviously like the like when the movie starts um uh it, it's uh lalit's lalit is the dad um mm-hmm. and and he kind of you know he's like stressed and he's yeah, like kind cause... of like He's planning the wedding. Yeah, he's he's trying to make sure it goes off without mm-hmm. a hitch. Um, and the you kind of just sort of think of the character initially as being kind of like a standard, maybe like slightly conservative, like patriarch archetype. Mm-hmm. Sure. Uh, and then over the course of the movie, you kind of get led in more mm-hmm. into um, that character's yeah. psyche. Um, but it's also about like you know, um, Aditi meeting Hamant for the first time, 
Yeah. And so you're getting them like literally like like is this even a match? Meanwhile, Aditi is still um yeah. romantically interested in her ex um, right which was her boss mm-hmm. at uh, on a TV show, right? Vikram. Yeah, Vikram. Yeah. yeah. Who is he like a like a newsman or like a talk show host or Yeah, I think so. Like I was a, trying to figure out what like the a, equivalent like a variety show okay. presenter maybe um yeah. Maybe not the kind of show that um, is as common Over, these days, uh-huh. like here, maybe even. Yeah. Maybe it's I was still... trying to think, is it like a like a Access Hollywood kind of a show? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe yeah. it's something like that. Yeah. yeah. So maybe, maybe at one point we had an equivalent yeah. sort of thing. So Aditi works on the set of that yeah. show yeah. and is having an affair, well... Vikram is having an affair with her. Right. Yeah. Because she's in an arranged marriage. Yeah, or about to be in an arranged marriage. And he's married. And he's kind of, like, not... I mean, he's kind of, like, using her, basically. Yeah. Like, she... She she likes him, but he's Mm. not, like, willing to commit. And he's, like, talking about Mm -hmm. how his ex-wife won't give him a divorce and all this stuff. So. Yeah, I uh, when the movie started, I expected him to be a bigger part of the movie, and I was relieved when he wasn't. Mm-hmm. That he just kind of like popped up every so often. Yeah, he's got like two scenes. Yeah, really. Um, and her narrative wasn't like all about him, really. Yeah, no, and I, and I would say like of the like kind of like central characters, mm-hmm. she's surprisingly maybe the least important of all of them. I mean, not not really, but like. Uh, uh, yeah. Because like, I would say this movie has, like, a handful, like, five narratives mm-hmm. going, like, going, like, simultaneously. Sure. Uh, trying to think. There, there is one, like, kind of subplot that, uh, I would say is probably my, the one I was, like, least invested in. Uh, or, was it the wedding planner's relationship? No, no, no. It was, uh... I kind of like his actually. No, I, I I thought that yeah, I thought they were good. Um, no, the uh, um, Rahul and um, uh, the uh, the kind of flirty cousin whose name is escaping me. Uh, it starts with an A. Uh, uh, Aaliyah. Aaliyah. Yeah, I think it's Aaliyah. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, they don't have a whole lot of scenes, but they've got enough scenes to I think call it like a a subplot. Aisha, I think. Aisha. Well, no, uh, yeah, Aisha, because Aaliyah is the... Um, the daughter. Young, younger girl. Of, or, uh, sorry, Rhea's sister, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, she's she's the younger girl that comes into the other storyline. Yeah, um, with Tej. Tej, yeah. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, I mean, here's a, uh, here's a thing for you, like... Mm-hmm. Does this movie remind you of, like, a much better version of something like Love Actually? Egg, absolutely. Yeah. And I th- uh, think when um, uh, when uh, PK... is the wedding planner, right? Mm-hmm. When PK, like, uh, like goes to the maid's um, home, that's where I, like, started to get Love Actually vibes, mm-hmm. for sure. Absolutely. I would bet you... A billion dollars that uh-huh. Richard Curtis watched this movie, yeah, and then 
then it you know had a heavy inspiration on love right. actually yeah and it's a much better film than love actually um, uh, for a lot of different reasons but yeah. like yeah uh and then i think love actually is what led to all those like uh I don't know, New like Year's New Year's Day, Day Valentine's Day, yeah, 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 all of those, all those, the yeah. like uh, crash, but for romantic comedy, exactly genre, yeah, the yeah. Uh, multi-chambered, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I think we can trace it all back to Monsoon Wedding. I mean, I, I think this had a huge part yeah. in it, but it's a much smaller movie than those, yeah. like because it takes place all kind of in like one small area over the mm-hmm. course of a couple of days, yeah. Um, it doesn't feel nearly as like bloated as something like Love Actually, which is like mm-hmm. you know z- zapping around England, yeah. goes to France, and uh-huh. all this different stuff. Yeah, you know? yeah. Um, but yeah, I like. I don't want to make it sound like I wasn't into that storyline, but that was probably the one that was yeah. grabbed me the least. Yeah, yeah. I. Um, I mean, would you consider? Would you consider Aditi's brother's uh, scene part of that storyline? Kind of, because he was, like, working on the dance uh, with Varun? Aisha. Varun. Yeah. Uh, I, I liked the character of Varun. Oh, I did, too. Yeah, yeah. I did, too. Uh, um, I guess he had his own thing going I on, but... I kind of wish that they... Had I, more scenes with him? A little bit, yeah. yeah. I, I think there was maybe more resolution there that could have happened. Yeah, that's Because there really isn't a resolution with that character. But, yeah. I mean, maybe... I mean that's that's intentional and yeah. you know that's also real life like maybe there wouldn't have been a resolution right away yeah exactly I mean yeah. like I mean I I I think that maybe like because clearly Lalit is kind of a, a conservative person yeah um, even though you do see his character like kind of go through some changes mm. over the course yeah. of this movie. Like, that would still be something, maybe, that mm. he's struggling with, even at the end of this movie. So Yeah. Um, so, I think we probably explained, like, the basic gist of the movie. That Yeah. Um, I, think just... we, I think what the easiest way to do, to kind of go through the movie, would mm-hmm. be kind of just to talk about each of the storylines. Yeah. Would, would mm-hmm. be um, how I would... Think to do it yeah that would um, probably work so i guess i guess let's start with kind of the easiest or the most like kind of obvious one which is aditi's mm-hmm. um she is as we said uh still possibly having interest mm-hmm. in vikram yeah uh and having anxiety about getting married and meeting mm-hmm. uh hamant for the first time yeah uh, and she just like uh, it, I never got the impression that she was opposed to the arranged marriage. Like, I think she was, like, no, kind of on board, but she also just, like, didn't really know what I, she wanted. I think, she, yeah, she was mostly kind of listless was kind of yeah. how I read it, where she yeah. she's just kind of, like, not really sure what, yeah. her, like what her wants and desires yeah. like, are. Like, I guess I'll go with the flow. Because yeah. she's kind of come to terms pretty early on that Vikram will not leave his wife right. for her. yeah. But she's still she's still kind of flirting with the idea that mm-hmm. she's interested in him, yeah. even though she knows that it's kind of a dead end. Yeah. Um, there is a good scene like where uh, they talk to like their grandma, and her grandma says like, "Well, I, I wanted to have 
grand I wanted to have great grandkids before I died and mm-hmm. and she kind of just like looks back at Rhea and just kind of like a, like like feeling the pressure a little bit yeah um so yeah she she is um the bride in the arranged marriage mm-hmm. um and uh uh she meets Hamont and they um like a couple days before the a couple days the before. wedding yeah and they they're pretty slow to kind of like yeah because at this point they're still sort drum up chemistry yeah because it, it's basically like a big family get-together yeah, that's happening while so they're meeting yeah. yeah so it's like a little overwhelming for both of them and they're both pretty quiet when they first meet right with each other mm-hmm. uh and then later on hamant's when they finally do get some like alone time he's like oh it it's like much better like getting time with you like one on one. Yeah. So they um you know, they're kind of struggling to get to know each other um in the midst of all the kind of chaos of the family. Mm-hmm. And uh at, at one point um Aditi can't sleep or she sneaks out in the middle of the night mm-hmm. and goes to see Vikram yeah. again. And they, um, they're like, like making out kind of, I guess, in a car. Yeah. Like parked on the side of the road uh-huh. or like in a park or something. Right. And then a couple of police officers kind of come and harass them. Like, like, what are you guys doing here? Right. And, um, uh, he, he gets like pulled out of the car, right? Vikram? Yeah. It, it's like the, the police are kind of serious about it but they let like vikram kind of wander off and yeah, call his wife a phone call yeah and then they're kind of harassing her a little bit yeah and then she just i think at that moment because she hears vikram say like oh that's just a tv show like he's not willing to like explain yeah. anything that's going on so she, that's in her mind that's like okay this is the end of mm-hmm. that um so she she steals Vikram's car. She yeah, drives and off drives and back to the shuts the door on the cops and then drives back. And it's like pouring rain at this, mm-hmm. in the scene too. Yeah. Um, um, and then she, uh, I think the next scene we see with her, she's talking with Rhea, right, and deciding if she wants to tell Hamant mm-hmm. the truth about yeah. like what's been going on, yeah. and she ultimately decides that she does want to tell him. Uh. And then the next scene is her and Haman, like, at a cafe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're kind of, like, having a little, like, afternoon date or something. And, yeah. And um, she tells him, and he doesn't react very well yeah. to it. He yeah, yeah. He uh, gets angry. He gets angry. Um, yeah, sh- so, yeah, she's like, I have something to tell you. And he's like, what are you... Jokingly, he's like, what, are you going to say you don't want to marry me? And then I think the scene like cuts away to one of the other storylines and then it comes back and she's obviously told him everything and he's just kind of quiet. And then, uh, he's just like, let's, let's leave. And they get in his car. Yeah. He kind of flips out on the bike. Yeah. That biker park next to him. Now here, here's the most important question I have for you. Okay. In this scene, where they're leaving the cafe and he's flipping out on the bikers. Did you notice that there is a 
poster on the cafe wall for Gone in 60 Seconds <laughs> with <laughs> Nick Cage. I guess we know right when it was filmed. <laughs> yeah, like around 2000, because yeah. I noticed right away. Yeah, I actually didn't notice that. I didn't yeah. catch it. That's cool. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, so Hamon, like... Uh, he uh he's like not happy and then they're like driving back to the house and uh he he kind of cools off right like over the course uh, of the drive doesn't it Is well it... he's not like angry but he's just like uh what's he saying like he's like uh he's he's pretty pissed on that car ride cuz he's yeah. talking about how uh her parents like had planned this whole thing uh you know but she's still sleeping with her ex-boyfriend and um i think i think he's still like pretty peeved about it at this point but then when they like get out of the car and back to the house uh then he's like well thank you for being honest yeah yeah he, he kind of like not reverses course but yeah he i mean he kind of does he's like well i think we can get past it like yeah he kind of comes to his senses and realizes mm-hmm. maybe that he reacted poorly in yeah. the initial moments after. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he didn't like, you know, like punch anybody or anything. No, but, he was, but I mean, he he, he kind of he lashed out at those bikers for yeah. no reason. You know, yeah. I mean, and that's kind of like, I don't want to say a red flag, uh-huh. but I mean, it's yeah. kind of like, oh, is this how you're going to handle mm-hmm. all adversity or whatever? <laughs> right. Um, but uh yeah so so he they they decide to move forward though with the the marriage yeah and i don't know if that's ever like sp- like uh spoken like dialogue wise if they were say like well let's continue on with this or if it's just kind of like unspoken and they're they just both keep like going with the flow but they do decide to go through with it mm-hmm. yeah um and then uh what were you gonna say no good uh, they f- finally like uh, have a moment alone after what is it the rehearsal dinner? Yeah, where he like further expresses like you know thank you for for telling me about all that like mm-hmm. that must have taken a lot of courage or something yeah. like that. Yeah, that's where he really kind of like makes amends. Or yeah, whatever. and then they both like kind of get close with one another and have like a moment yeah 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 so i mean that's that's basically that's aditi's storyline yeah for the most part i mean because um the rest is just like the wedding the actual wedding with her um, yeah her wedding and his wedding um so what uh we we could talk about lolit that's the dad yeah um, I think he probably has the most of a character arc in the movie. I would say so. And I would say Rhea has maybe the most, like, essential plot development. Mm-hmm. Like, in terms yeah. of moving some of the other characters forward. Yeah. Um, but Lalit is, yeah, we kind of described him as kind of standard, maybe a little conservative, mm-hmm. stressed patriarch or whatever yeah. of the family. He's kind of in charge of getting everyone together. Um, yeah. He he uh, calls his nephew uh, <laughs> Raul like the idiot all the time. Like yeah, 
he kind of just like early on in the movie kind of comes off as like a dick. Yeah, Rahul, who is the uh, son of uh, Pimmy's sister, correct? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Whose husband is CJ? Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. Or I CL. Mean, I'm sorry. C- CL. Yeah, some of the extended family relationships. I. Yeah. I wasn't... I mean, just because there's so many There's people. so many people, yeah. yeah. Uh, and, uh, yeah, some some of those scenes, like, early on, I really liked. And they remind me of, like, a Robert Altman movie. Just because they were, like, so short and not really about, like, anything, really. Mm-hmm. Like, it was just about them, like, kind of getting ready for the this party or whatever. Yeah. Uh, but them, like, just getting ready the way that they would get ready for a party would just, like, tell you so much about their character. Right. I I found a lot of that stuff really charming. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's just... It it was, like... It it was just a movie where you were watching where you just, like, felt... It felt nice to spend, like, some time with some of these characters. And just just kind of, like, letting them exist. As opposed to, like, making... Like, because this isn't a heavily, like, narrative-structured film. Yeah. Um, So it was... Yeah, it's just I really like the way that she like let all the characters just kind of exist. And, yeah, um, you kind of get you kind of get to learn a lot about their personality mm-hmm. just from watching them. Yeah, do everyday right or things for for the wedding. Yeah. yeah, and early on it really reminded me of something like Nashville in yeah. that way. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean that makes sense. I, yeah. I would imagine that like. She probably liked some of those probably. like early ensemble films, like, yeah. You know, something like Shortcuts or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but yeah, Lalit, uh, he uh, he's paying for the wedding, mm-hmm. and you kind of learn as the movie goes along that he's having he's having trouble financially like paying for the wedding yeah i thought that scene on the golf course was really interesting because uh-huh. he asked one of his friends that he's golfing with yeah. to borrow money mm-hmm. and um explains it to him and the friend the friend isn't like why why are you asking me? <laughs> yeah he kind of like ribs him a little bit uh-huh. but the other th- he the the friend tells the other two friends that are mm-hmm. golfing with him about that he needs to borrow money Mm -hmm. and that they're all like even though they're kind of like making fun of him none of them are like judging him for Mm -hmm. needing money yeah but like he looks dejected in that scene yeah like Mm -hmm. the idea of even asking right makes him feel like he's a failure ashamed yeah yeah, even though they're not saying like how could you what what's wrong with you how Mm -hmm. how could you need our help for this you're supposed to take care of your family yeah but like they're just kind of like gently like, yeah, <laughs> having daughters is expensive, or you know, like standard, sure. like, stereotypical like dad stuff to yeah. say or whatever. But um, yeah, he's just kind of like blankly staring in that scene, and that's kind uh-huh. of like where you get a. That's like the first time you get a glimpse at kind of like the mm-hmm. the you know darker pathos or whatever yeah. of his character because he's he's pretty jokey at first mm-hmm. yeah, yeah he's a little broader i would say yeah and then and then as the movie goes on mm-hmm. he you you get the sense that yeah there's a, a, a deeper level of underlying stress mm-hmm. that's that's getting to him. right 
like there's uh i i like on my notes i didn't really write too many notes but like my two two of my favorite moments were mm-hmm. with him mm-hmm. um like i thought the scene where he's like when all the kids are going to bed mm-hmm. and and he and his wife are he's like watching them sleep yeah yeah and, and he's like speaking so warmly about mm-hmm. how much he loves his family and how much yeah. he would do for them and mm-hmm. how much it means to him and then he immediately comes out and sees Raul and says good night idiot. <laughs> idiot yeah. <laughs> I mean I think that's like a good yeah. that's like a good glimpse into kind of like his character. Yeah. Uh, and then the other the other scene that I think is really good in um, with him is when he and Pimmy are talking to Varun. Yeah. About uh-huh. boarding school. Yeah. Um, because he's he's pretty conservative. He doesn't like that his son is into cooking, is into dancing, and yeah. is kind of effeminate. He thinks he's kind of effeminate, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, and so they, he wants to send him to boarding school to, like, toughen him up, is I think his exact words. Yeah. And um, in that conversation, because uh, Varun comes in to, like, get some makeup put on him by Pimmy, mm-hmm. and... That's when the boarding school thing kind of comes up, mm-hmm. and Varun gets really upset because he doesn't want yeah. to be sent away. Um, and um, in that conversation, Pimmy keeps sort of like pleading with mm-hmm. Lolly to let her talk to Varun mm-hmm. because she's trying to talk to him, and he keeps interjecting yeah. with like kind of like tough guy dad mm-hmm. dad lines or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, um, the, eventually Varun, like, storms out of the room, mm-hmm. and, and then he was like, like, why could, he says to Pimmy, why couldn't you talk to him? <laughs> and I thought that scene was so good, because yeah. he was like, she was like trying to tell uh, him, let me talk to him, yeah. and he keeps inter- interrupting, yeah. and then the moment, she, the moment he's gone, he's like, I didn't mean for him to get so upset, why couldn't yeah. you say something to him? Yeah. And it's because he wasn't letting her, I right. don't know, I thought that scene was really good. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. He, his character definitely has like the the biggest arc of any character in the movie. Right. And even in like scene to scene, like each scene, you kind of see the full range of yeah. his character. I mean, for a while, for a good chunk of the movie, he's carrying a lot of like anguish on mm-hmm. his face. Yeah. And even when he's not saying too much, and mm-hmm. and like. When you kind of get to the crux of Rhea's storyline, yeah, that's yeah. when, like, during those like photos and stuff, the, those mm-hmm. wedding photos after the fact, yeah, the, and after he goes to see Rhea, mm-hmm. um, he's like wearing so much. I don't know if it's like responsibility. Like mm-hmm. he just feels completely overwhelmed, and yeah, it, it feels like he's like trying to hold his family together by. Mm-hmm you know a thread and um and then that's what makes his climactic scene mm-hmm. with the climactic scene of Rhea's storyline yeah so powerful mm-hmm. i mean cuz that scene is like uh, as it's clearly building mm-hmm. to what happens like yeah i there's a different version of that scene in my head that i think was more showy than yeah. it was and it's very restrained but yeah. i think that adds a lot of power to it yeah and it really gives you a clear idea of what kind of a guy lalit is right uh, yeah 
because that's that's it's, him making a big choice for yeah from my limited understanding of like what he's all about right yeah, yeah and my limited understanding of like indian culture mm-hmm. like where because in the scene before he's like i can't i can't disown tej like mm-hmm. i can't make him leave like yeah. it's just not what mm-hmm. i it's not what i'm supposed to do yeah um and he's kind of going against sort of tradition yeah but he's making that choice for his immediate family mm-hmm. because he cares about them so much yeah and it you know we'll get to it when we get to ria's storyline but yeah he's just it's like you said very restrained because he's just like we're not going to talk about it you just have to go yeah yeah, yeah. and the scene where he's like it was like kind of like waving yeah. waving him off and he's like puts his he's hands like, up and that's it you gotta yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, there's a version of that scene that i think if this maybe if this were an american movie or yeah. just a worse movie would have been much more like showy or yeah. a bigger like showdown but i love the way kind of like everyone is just kind of like in silence watching yeah. this happen a couple of people you know are just kind of like mm-hmm. especially ria's reaction to it yeah uh i mean that's that's basically uh, yeah is yeah he lalit has to make a tough decision at the you know the very end of the movie uh and i guess we can explain what that tough decision is now because we can talk about ria's Mm storyline uh so she is the uh cousin of adita yeah so her father passed away yeah and she and her mom live with with lolly lolly and pimmy yeah 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 he kind of they kind of took her in as one of his own children mm-hmm. uh you don't really see uh ria's mom. mom that much maybe maybe in one of the early couple scenes, early scenes but yeah she's not really heavily she's kind featured. of a background character yeah, yeah. Which is, again, I think smart because, like, so many people and personalities, you don't want to, like, overdo it. Right. Just because someone is maybe a perceived important character. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, you first meet Rhea when she's kind of uh, criticizing Adita's life choices, right? In Mm -hmm. the back of the cab. Yeah. Yeah. In the back of the car. That's where you first see her and uh she's a character that kind of starts out as being like another character that kind of starts out as one thing and ends up being absolutely much more important than you realize at the beginning of the movie because she kind of just at first it feels like that stereotypical like best friend character or whatever in a romantic comedy Uh you know one that's just there to like bounce ideas off of and make jokes or whatever and right. then over the course of the movie, it's revealed that there's more going on. Yeah. There. Yeah. Yeah. Because, uh, yeah, because at first, Adidas just kind of like, well, why are you, you know, what gives you the right to criticize me and my romantic life when you are single and you've got nobody in your life? And then as the story goes on, we learn a lot more about why she probably doesn't mm-hmm. have anybody. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so that's the first scene where we meet her, and then, uh, the next couple scenes with Rhea are at the, the house, not during the, um, the 
dinner rehearsal, but just like when guests are starting to arrive yeah, at the as house. Yeah, the extended family yeah. coming into town. Um, and then that's when Tej arrives. Yeah, Tej is... Um, Pimmy's sister's husband. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, they, they, uh, Tej is, is like a super wealthy dude. They set that up. Yeah, because, um, uh, Tej kind of bailed out Lalit financially. Uh, I don't know the exact timeline, but many years ago, mm-hmm. like kind of helped, uh, helped Lalit out when he was basically, you know, broke. Yeah. Yeah. And so... Uh, this is like the first inkling where you're like, what's going on with Rhea's character? Because she has a very um, interesting reaction. To yeah, seeing to seeing Tej. Because Tej. Tej is like excited to see her and he kind of sees her from across the room and, you know, just like heads right over to her and she is clearly n- uncomfortable. Not wanting to talk to him. Uh, and then. Um, I'm trying to think what her next scenes would be without, uh, like, without the Tej stuff. Like, it's just her kind of talking with Adida, right? Yeah, I mean, she she still kind of fulfills the the, the best friend role, yeah. Like, but then it kind of like there's kind of like she kind of has two concurrent things going on where she's yeah. still she's still kind of fulfilling her obligations to the wedding and Mm -hmm. all of that. Yeah. But also like the next big scene with her is like where, um, she overhears, she she catches Tej being like really friendly with Aaliyah. Who's like, I think 10. Yeah. And who is her little sister, right? Yeah. Uh, is it little sister? I don't know. What did you think? I thought it was like a cousin. Oh, okay. I, I, I thought I it was her little sister, but maybe I'm wrong. I'm not. I'm not sure on the exact relationship. Yeah. but she's a family member. Yeah, she's some like, of these things like, are confusing. Yeah, yeah. Well, because the movie doesn't like spell it out for you. Yeah, it's not like I didn't pay attention or anything. <laughs> yeah, but like the movie just kind of accepts the fact that there's a lot of extended family yeah. members and doesn't go out of its way to like say like, well, this is the brother of this person. And, yeah, yeah. You know, I mean it's because it wants to make it wants to like immerse you i think yeah, in that in the like, chaos yeah yeah uh yeah so the the next scene that kind of you know makes her storyline go forward is when she overhears tej in the kitchen of the house being like potentially inappropriate with alia yeah being uh, like talking about like putting things in her mouth and thing like that things like that yeah uh which i guess could go either way but you know like right away that something's not right yeah 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 i mean i i don't know if it was exactly where i went at first but i i it was pretty high on my list i was like well okay i think that he was inappropriate. With yeah. Her. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, and, and then, so she kind of catches him in a couple of different scenes, potentially mm-hmm. grooming Aaliyah yeah. for uh, a similar thing. And there's a scene, um, a little bit later where they're talking about kissing. Yeah. And, so uh, there's the, uh, 
there's like a ceremony that I cannot remember the name of at the moment. Um, but there's like a ceremony like before the rehearsal where they're like singing those songs. Remember that? And mm-hmm. they're talking about uh, kissing, I think. And Aaliyah basically says something to the effect of... Uh, he puts his tongue in your mouth. Yeah, like she's like, that's how older people kiss. Mm-hmm. And, and then it cuts to Rhea and... She clearly she, knows like what. instantly pieces it together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the the way that Aaliyah phrases it is so like specific. That yeah, she knows exactly what what happened. Yeah. And um, uh, I mean, like at one point, he she stops Aaliyah from going home with Tej. Yeah, Tej wants to like. Uh, just uh he says like i'm gonna take her for a car ride mm-hmm. uh because he says that uh, he could tell that she was getting like feeling cooped up or something like that at the party or feeling moody mm-hmm. and he's like yeah i'm just gonna take her for a car ride and uh that's when Rhea like figures out what like he's about to do mm-hmm. uh and then we will learn, like, just a scene later that she went through the same experience with Tej, that he yeah. groomed her when she was very young and mm-hmm. did all the same things, uh, like kissing lessons and things like that, as she says. Right. Um, so in that scene where she, like, stops Tej from... Driving off. Driving off. Uh-huh. Um it kind of causes a big commotion. Yeah, because and, there's other family members yeah, observing. And, and, like, so Tej's wife is like, what are you talking about? Like, what are you doing? And yeah. Tej is just like, oh, she's, I don't, I don't know what's wrong with her or yeah. whatever. Who is Lalit's sister? Huh? Tej's wife is Lalit's sister, correct? I thought it was Pimmy's sister. No, Pimmy's sister is, uh, uh, uh oh okay pimmy's sister is the wife of the guy that's like putting on cologne um in the bathroom i don't know why i'm blanking on that guy's name uh hold on yeah there's so many characters we gotta like get this straight uh yeah pimmy's sister is sashi and her husband is C.L. Okay. Uh, That's right. Sashi's like the kind of... Um, she was the lady at the... Uh, when that like traditional song was being sung. And the, the singer was like singing about the, the fat woman. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Do you remember that? Yeah. That's who she was talking about. That's Sashi. Okay. Uh, who's the husband of C.L. The guy that was like putting cologne on in that one scene he was like uh no the word is luxurious Mm -hmm. yeah that guy okay uh so tej's wife is lalit's sister sister. yeah Yeah. okay so So when he asked them to leave at the end that was much you know that was pretty there's more a pretty big deal because that was his sister right uh um so (laughs) Rhea, Rhea leaves the wedding. 
Yeah, after she, that big like confrontation. She is clearly very emotional about it and she's like, Well if if you're gonna like mm-hmm. let him be part of the family, then I'm not going to be part yeah. of the family is basically what she says. Because she loudly expresses like what happened. Yeah. Uh, she she's like she to everybody it. that's like in right. earshot, which is Lalit. I mean it's a lot of the central his sister, yeah. yeah. And uh Tej's wife, which is Lalit's sister, is like, oh, she's just, you know, she's a single woman with fantasies. Yeah. Like, she's just making this up. Yeah, because she's single, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, where does Rhea go? She goes somewhere. Uh, that's a great question. I don't really uh, She goes to a hotel, maybe? Maybe. I, I don't know exactly. Because Lalit, the next finds morning, her. finds her in some building yeah it's like i'm not room. really sure yeah, yeah it's a room that might be a hotel i'm he not seems totally to sure. know where to go yeah um so uh, it's i mean it's not really important but yeah she goes she she leaves the wedding and, uh-huh. and he comes back and he's very like uh emotional about yeah. like wanting her to return and how like he can't mm-hmm. do it without her, and the wedding yeah. can't happen without her, and how much she means to him. Yeah, because she's basically, like, his daughter now. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's a really nice scene. That's um, a really good scene, yeah. Um, But but he also says that he doesn't know how to yeah. not have Tej there. And that's where um, you really feel Lalit's struggle, that his yeah. hands are, like, really tied. Yeah. Uh, um, and... She eventually kind of, um, for him, I assume, begrudgingly comes back because that was at the rehearsal dinner the yeah. night before. Mm-hmm. And then this is the day of the wedding. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, the next time you see her sort of return to the wedding, mm-hmm. they're like taking photos, yeah. like family photos She's for the wedding. Reluctantly there at that point. Right. Yeah. Because he basically said something like, the wedding won't happen if you're not there. Yeah. Yeah. So she felt obligated. And, and, and the thing that's like wildest to me is that like Tej is still like, like putting his arms around Aaliyah. Yeah. Like in that family photo. Yeah. It's until Rhea gets there. Uh-huh. Because he's kind of like got her on the shoulders or whatever. Yeah. And um, and then she kind of like breaks mm-hmm. it up just by like sitting in the photo. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Clearly uncomfortable. But Tej is like yeah. awkwardly smiling for those photos as though nothing's wrong. And then after the photos, that's when yeah. they go inside. And then that's when you get... The yeah confrontation scene right that because after the photos that's when uh there are more people arriving for the wedding like yeah. um uh haman's parents is that right or about uh, to arrive no because i think that's uh roshan roshan seth yeah that's um, right that's right but uh, it, it's just guests for the wedding yeah but, uh, yeah, he said, I'm going to go receive the guests. I'm going to bring the guests in, yeah. And, and he said, you're not going to do that. Lalith is just like, no, you got to go. Yeah. And uh, and he's v- very, like, straightforward, just like, we're not going to talk about this. You just have to leave right yeah. now. Yeah. Uh, and you could tell by the, like, look on everybody's uh, face that's in the room that, like, at this point, everybody knows Mm-hmm. what happened and what's going on and yeah because i mean i think it i think the majority of the characters that were there in the 
mm-hmm. the scene where she explains it all yeah is also the the immediate family yeah. and that's what those photos were right so yeah they're everyone's kind of uncomfortable yeah. with the dynamic because um, if they didn't suspect it before they definitely know now right yeah uh and then he asks tej to leave right and that's like a very long like a long quiet scene where tej is just kind of like looking around and being like do i really have to leave yeah Yeah. like he's not sure how everyone else is responding to that yeah uh tej did you think he looked a little bit like uh danny houston sort of (laughs) <laughs> a little bit a little bit in the face yeah yeah danny uh, houston would be an interesting uh i could see that for an american remake, <laughs> a remake but, yeah i mean i don't want this movie to be no. remade, but yeah because i could see it uh ending up in the wrong hands oh, like yeah. like adam mckay or something like that yeah yeah <laughs> uh i did find it interesting because i had read some comparisons to uh the Dem- the demi film uh rachel getting married mm-hmm. and um i haven't seen that movie but i've seen like the trailer and scenes yeah. from it and the handheld like sort yeah. of look and mm-hmm. stuff did kind of remind me of it and uh i looked it up and it's the same cinematographer same cinematographer yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, which is interesting because I just watched, like I said, Mississippi Masala, and that movie visually reminded me a lot of, uh, something wild, mm-hmm. kind of. Um, and I looked up that cinematographer, and he worked on a movie called The Last Embrace, which was a, a Roy Scheider thriller, uh, directed by Jonathan Demme. Hmm. Uh, he was the co-cinematographer on that with Tak Fujimoto, who mm-hmm. did something wild. Well, that's interesting that there's so many connections. Yeah, because I think this movie like handles like the emotions of its characters super well, and I mm-hmm. think that's like kind of a a staple mm-hmm. of Jonathan Demi as well. Yeah, so like, it's interesting that they're similar yeah. filmmakers in that regard yeah they can kind of just somehow find like that warmth and humanity without right like kind of doesn't feel like it's trying very hard mm-hmm. yeah i mean because i've never seen it but that's one thing i've always heard about philadelphia is that like a lot of people write it off or whatever as being like a oscar, oscar bait, bait movie, movie yeah. but it's actually like a much more interesting yeah film than it's that. a little weirder in a good way mm-hmm. than than that i think um but yeah interesting with all those like cinematographer connections um and then to me like he kind of uh, adopted that handheld thing after uh, rachel getting married right uh, uh, I mean, like well, maybe I haven't really seen anything post Rachel getting married because I didn't see Ricky and the Flash. Yeah, I didn't see that either. Because uh, Rachel getting married was before or after Manchurian Candidate. After. Okay. Yeah, yeah Manchurian Candidate was oh four. Rachel getting married was oh eight. Okay. And then, yeah, I think Ricky and the Flash was Demi's last movie. Yeah, I haven't seen that. Starring Rick Springfield. Alright. Yeah, late period to me is kind of weird. Uh, yeah. I mean, Truth About Charlie is awful. <laughs> that I'm looking forward to rewatching. 
Yep. Yeah, we'll, yeah. So we'll get to talk about Demi more later. Yeah. Not Demi, Demi Moore. <laughs> Ted Demi. We'll get Ted Demi. No, later. Jonathan Demi. Jonathan Demi. Yeah, not, not Ted. Not Ted. Ted Ted's his son. Uh, or his brother. Nephew. Right? Or nephew. That's correct. Yeah. yeah nephew. Nephew. Ted Demi was directed Life. Not a very good director. Uh, uh, Beautiful Girls, which is one of the creepiest movies. Never saw it. You've never. Okay, so Beautiful Girls is creepy for a lot of reasons. <laughs> Basically, a lot of guys in that movie lust over, like, 14-year-old Natalie Portman. <laughs> uh, like, um, but it's also creepy, too, because Timothy Hutton. Mm-hmm. Uh, have you heard about him? Do you know what's going on with him? No, in real life? Oh, yeah. No. Uh, here, I'll pull up the story, because I don't want to... Um, <laughs> Get any details wrong? Any details wrong, but... Um, let's see... In March 2020, Sarah Johnston, a former child model and actress, accused Hutton of raping her in 1983 when she was 14. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that was the last thing I heard about uh, Timothy, Timothy Hutton. Hutton. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, and he's in Beautiful Girls. He's in Beautiful Girls, yeah. Uh, I mean, they did... Canadian authorities closed their investigation without filing charges. But here's the thing about that. That was 18 years ago. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, that's not the kind of case that they're just going to like unearth evidence of. Right. And so... Did he do it? I don't know. But Who knows? But I... But- I mean, I think it's best to err on the side of believing <laughs> yeah. the people who say these things, right? Because people, I mean, I, I don't want, I, I don't want to get too. <laughs> it's a whole that. other, uh, but yeah, yeah, I, I, I believe her. Um, and, yeah, yeah, and uh, I uh, think it's clear that like Timothy <laughs> Timothy Hutton's not getting a lot of work, so yeah. Uh, but no, I've never seen Beautiful Girls. Well, it sucks. <laughs> I liked it in like two thousand. 1999 2000 that yeah era. i thought it was good but that was also when i was like obsessed with natalie portman uh-huh. and that was the only reason i saw that movie yeah as every like kid my age went yeah. through a natalie portman phase uh i for some reason get that movie mixed up with boys on the side <laughs> which i've also <laughs> never seen uh that's i mean they're kind of similar are, are they am i not I wrong for getting think, those yeah, mixed up like which one has ed, like, ed burns uh that's beautiful girls okay uh just adding to my ed burns uh <laughs> total of movies that i've seen for some reason yeah uh but yeah no i mean it's like friends like going through like yeah. existential crisis right. movies yeah uh, I've seen the trailers for both movies. Yeah. Yeah. No, uh, Beautiful Girls is not good. And mm. it's a weird movie because everyone, <laughs> like I said, Natalie Portman is, uh, even if nothing happens in that movie, it's clear, like, the way people sure. feel about her in the yeah. movie. It's, it's odd. And that was after The Professional, for yeah, sure. Yeah. And, and it's much weirder than what people make The Professional out to be, I think. Uh, okay. And I think The Professional is still a little weird. Even if that <laughs> yeah. movie's. Not bad. <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> uh, okay. So where where were we right, for monsoon right. wedding? Let's so, circle back. All right, we got we got through Ria's storyline. We got through Lolites. We got through Aditi's. Um, uh, and then yeah, then it's the more minor storylines. Yeah, because we kind of touched on Varun's. 
storyline. Yeah, because Varun doesn't really get a whole lot of... No. Uh, He's kind of worked into some of the other Other ones. narratives, yeah. Um, I guess we can talk about... Uh, PK. PK. Yeah. PK is the wedding planner. Yeah. Who's kind of like a, a fast talker. Yeah, he's like a movie. smooth, like, kind of like a PR, seems like a public relations guy. A wheeler and a dealer. A wheeler and a dealer, exactly. Yeah, um, and um, he's the he's the wedding planner. Yeah. And, you know, uh, Lalit's kind of up his ass about minor details and mm-hmm. stuff and wanting to get it perfect. Yeah. And then, uh, eventually, I mean, he, he doesn't have, like, a really... A, he, uh, he starts out as more like the comic relief, yeah, and then like the like all of a sudden he uh, he catches a glimpse of the uh, uh, of Lilith and Pimmy's maid, whose Alice. name is Alice, yeah, um, and he like instantly like falls for her, mm-hmm. and then that's when we start to learn a little bit more about PK, and that is that he. Uh, you know, he's a little lonely, right? Yeah. That he's yeah. been, yeah, and I, I think he's good too. Yeah, because he he a lot of uh, so many of the actors in this movie like sell so much with just the looks on their faces, mm-hmm. and I think he's got some great scenes where he's just kind of like staring, and yeah. you feel everything you need to feel without mm-hmm. saying too much. Yeah, um. Not to go back to Love Actually. Uh-huh. It's okay. But Richard Curtis 100% ripped off this storyline with, the, like, Colin uh, Firth and... Yeah, and the, that's what I was thinking. And, and the, it's so blatant. The Spanish maid, it makes correct? Me, yeah, it makes me dislike that movie <laughs> more than I did. Uh, yeah, that that's why I, like, I think I started to get the Love Actually vibes uh yeah from this movie yeah we we yeah. When we were talking about that earlier we said this this was the storyline yeah. that kind of most reminds you of that mm-hmm. and um it's yeah. the one certainly where i was like okay come on <laughs> yeah and then like when he when he shows up like at her home with the carpet that's like not too you know not too far away from like the cue card the cue card scene, scene with yeah. andrew lincoln yeah yeah uh but yeah so pk he uh instantly like falls for alice and then we kind of learn that he's you know feeling a little down because he's like a professional events coordinator and a wedding planner and he's says like oh i've been planning like all these weddings for years but i'm not I don't have anybody in my life he's he's very involved in uh, yeah in in romance or mm-hmm. whatever um but not uh he, he doesn't feel it. Yeah. yeah uh and then there's that one scene like in the middle of the movie where he goes home to his mom and uh, he's just basically quiet the whole time and she's kind of like well when are you gonna you know bring me a, a daughter-in-law or some grandchildren and he's just like silent and then he just kind of goes and sits on his balcony and looks over Delhi yeah uh that's a really nice scene yeah with that him. Is, uh, is. and he doesn't say anything really yeah i mean i i think like going back to what i was saying so many of the characters in this movie are able to convey so much with just yeah sort of the looks on their faces um and i think that's a testament to how like mira nair like 
she treats the viewers with a lot of intelligence. Mm-hmm. Like, like she knows that we'll figure out what we're supposed to figure out. And mm-hmm. it's not like she's never holding our hand throughout any of this. And a lot of that comes down to like not explaining every single familial relationship in this movie, which is why we don't remember all of them because yeah. it's not important. They're there. We know that why they're there. Yeah. yeah. And that's, that's it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's never, it's never like you have to know that she's his aunt's sister or whatever. You know? Right. Like, cause that's, that's yeah. superfluous. And that, that like is more about like the vibe of the movie is just kind of throwing you into this chaotic situation with all these people that you got to like kind of figure out who's who. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, so that's pretty much where PK's storyline goes. He, uh, uh, he, uh, at one point he's like kind of watching her through the window. Yeah. Cause um, she's like, think she's not well obviously she thinks she's not being watched Uh, and that's a scene that could be read as creepy but it doesn't really play that way no because he's watching her like kind of try on uh jewelry and um i'm assuming pimmy's jewelry right yeah or maybe or some maybe a guess yeah because it's like i think like traditional like wedding jewelry oh okay was kind of what uh um yeah, it's someone's jewelry though. Like, yeah. and she's like in a big vanity mirror. Right, um, and and we know that she's just trying that stuff on because she and he yeah doesn't really like get the opportunity to try on nice jewelry that often, right, right. and he knows that. But then his cronies, his three pals, uh, yeah, they're like workers. They're like the guys working yeah. on like the dis- the like floral displays yeah. and like setting up the wedding yeah so they're like manual labor yeah but they're always there like talking him through stuff and yeah. being his like greek chorus yeah um is one of them named lottery i don't remember <laughs> i think i just for some reason i kept seeing lottery show up on the subtitles and i was okay. like is somebody named lottery in this movie okay and i think it's one of those guys but okay. anyhow um so yeah there's a weird moment where they're spying on her and they her th- his three pals accuse her of like stealing that jewelry but then later on uh pk like you know wants to apologize to her for the misunderstanding and then he that's when he goes to her apartment and with the rug and is i'm assuming he proposes to her right I, yeah i mean somewhere in there because the end of the movie is them getting married yeah yeah and that's the end uh, of i mean that's yeah. yeah yeah it's a it's a it's like um it's a whirlwind little romance yeah um which is kind of like why people consider this like a romantic comedy even though i think there's more going on than, yeah for sure your standard romantic comedy yeah um yeah i mean i would say that's the most romantic the movie gets even more so than Aditi and Haman yeah because they're the like you know obviously the the main attraction or sure. whatever you want to yeah. call it but like mm-hmm. there's all I mean not really but there's there's still like like something unsure there like I mm-hmm. mean they they agree to go forward they think they can get over it but that's yeah that's about 
that's about as far as the movie takes us when it comes yeah to we that. don't know where it goes from there right and yeah and then the only real storyline besides that is rahul mm-hmm. um and that's that's a pretty minor one yeah um, which i think is if I wouldn't, like, go as far as to say that you should lose that storyline, but if you had to lose one, that would probably be the one. Right, yeah. Um, his big scene is he's inspired to to jump on the dance floor with... Uh, with uh, yeah. And what's, what's his relation... They're not related, are they? Um, uh, Rahul and... Uh, I think they're cousins from different sides of the family. Okay. So I think they're they're each cousins, but yeah. from the other sides. Yeah, um, and they're they're just being kind of flirtatious with each other throughout the movie, and they kiss at one point, right? Do they? Yeah. When I mean, she sneaks in his uh, his bed or couch. Yeah. 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 During the yeah that one sleeping scene from earlier. Um. Yeah, and then she. Uh, has, dance. Yeah, she has to dance. do her her dance at the wedding, and yeah, Varun uh, won't do it because he's been made to feel self conscious. Yeah, uh, by his Lali. dad. Yeah, yeah. because uh, Varun was we didn't mention Varun was working on the routine. and yeah, wanting was, to do a big dance for yeah, the wedding. Yeah, and then his dad basically made that sound like a silly idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and yeah, I think they kind of get together by the end of the movie uh yeah they're they're I mean, shown together like in the end credits they're right? close I yeah mean, but it's there's nothing like definitive about yeah. like their future of their relationship or yeah. anything like that but yeah yeah um yeah and that's pretty much the whole movie yeah that's basically it that's monsoon um, wedding mm-hmm. definitely the best movie we've watched uh so oh, far yeah yeah really really yeah. nice movie um i really enjoyed it yeah uh and just talking about like the movie uh, kind of having additional scenes like during the end credits, mm-hmm. that's something that Mississippi Masala does also. Like, oh. It does a little wrap up of certain things mm-hmm. after, like during the credits, yeah. the end credits. Uh, sh- should we do grades or do you have any final thoughts or? Um, I mean, I had I had more thoughts last night, and now uh-huh. some of them are kind of escaping me. Unfortunately, we've been we've been talking for a while. Yeah, we had a big cold open, and yeah, it's funny we were gonna do the cinema scores on this episode, and then we were trying to think of ways to pad this out because the cinema score website was down because yeah. so we couldn't do that. So I guess we'll have to do it next week. I don't know what kind of energy you have right now, but the cinema <laughs> it's, score it's site back is right. open. We can do that. We can do it. I'm fine. I don't know if you want to take a sip of coffee or what. But... <laughs> I can't have coffee. Damn oh, you. that's right. Uh, so, uh, well, let's, let's. I don't know if we talked about this on Mike this episode, but we were planning on doing a cinema score game for the movies that we did not do the cinema score game for what we've covered yeah. on our Odyssey. Let's hold on. let's let's wrap up. Let's wrap Monsoon up Monsoon Wedding. Monsoon Wedding. Then we'll do the box office and. Rotten Tomatoes and yeah. stuff, and then we'll do that. Yeah, and then okay. I got to take a bathroom break somewhere in there. Uh, all right, well, let's wrap up Monsoon Wedding, do that stuff, and then you can take a bathroom break before we yeah. do the cinema score. All right, so um, 
My final thoughts on Mississippi, or um, excuse me, <laughs> my final thoughts on Monsoon Wedding. Um, it's a movie that like feels very breezy and enjoyable and easy to like for the first like hour, and mm-hmm. then it transitions into weightier mm-hmm. um, stuff. But it handles it so well, um, and never in a way that feels jarring. The way mm-hmm. other movies might try and. Mm-hmm. pull off a similar sort of trick uh this movie does it pretty effortlessly mm-hmm. um i uh i don't know it was just a movie i really enjoyed um mm-hmm. spending time with i thought it was um i really liked the the way it looked um mm-hmm. just like how like vibrant and yeah. um colorful it was um i thought everyone was great it bums me out that uh, we haven't gotten to see more of them, like maybe in Hollywood. Again, I'm not trying to suggest that Hollywood is the goal. What you should aspire to, right? Yeah, or is any is in any way superior to um, like Bollywood films or anything like that. Um, I'm just saying that as as an American viewer, I would have enjoyed or would enjoy seeing a lot of these actors. Um, in other, uh, you know, English language movies, yeah. um, if they were ever, if they ever had any interest in it. Um, I, uh, had never seen a Mira Nair movie, um, before this. Um, and I was very impressed with kind of like the way she treats her characters, the way she treats her viewers, everyone's handled with like a lot of respect. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, both sides of the camera like you know us and the characters are treated like okay i trust you to figure out what's happening Mm -hmm. um and that's why like there's not a lot really like narrative that's actually like important like in terms of like what you have to follow you just kind of have to go along with it and let it happen to you and Mm -hmm. and um i think that's always like a really tough thing to pull off and i think she did it really well um Mm -hmm. So I'm gonna give this movie a B plus. Nice. Yeah, and it's my yeah. favorite movie of 2002 so far. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I was. Uh, I listened to a little bit of the commentary for probably like the first 20 minutes, maybe, and the uh, I watched the behind the scenes thing on the DVD. It was probably like three minutes long, but uh, I kind of came to the understanding that it it was a pretty big mix of um talent as far as like who was like famous and who wasn't like apparently there were some like veteran actors in the movie mm-hmm. um i'm just I'm something that we wouldn't yeah as, you know bollywood yeah. layman wouldn't necessarily right. understand. Yeah. uh and then people like the the actor who played uh pk whose name i think was vj raz yeah like that's an example of an actor who was like a first timer in this movie and right. then like and, and he blew, works a lot blew up after this yeah. over there yeah um, yeah uh and uh like the actress who played adida she was like a first timer or not maybe not first timer but like um yeah she doesn't have a lot of acting credits she's mostly a singer right yeah um but everybody's like pretty great in this movie 
Like, yeah, I think. I I expected, like, maybe... Because I, I was looking through the cast list, and I did see that mm-hmm. there were some, like, first-time performers yeah. or people who didn't have a lot of acting credits, and I was expecting, like... I mean, if there's one person maybe that I don't think is, like, incredible, maybe it's a Didi? Yeah. But, like, I think she's fine for what the movie asked her to do, which is not really a lot. Yeah, because she's also, like, a character who's kind of unsure of yeah. what she uh-huh. wants out of yeah. anything. Yeah. Um, so I kind of that kind of works for mm-hmm. me. Um, but, uh, yeah, like, uh, Lalit, uh, what's, what's the actor that plays Lalit? Um, uh, Nasiruddin Shah. Shah. Uh, yeah. I loved him. He's thought, he's like what the movie's all about. Him and Rhea. He's my current as of for what we've watched. Um, yeah, not including stuff that I have already seen that mm-hmm. we haven't gotten to. But he's my current front runner for like best actor. Yeah, for when we do our awards, because we'll definitely do an awards. I think I two thousand two is. So we haven't talked about the two thousand two is. We haven't talked about this. But I think we should do like maybe a quarterly awards. Yeah, that show, that'd be good. And then we can kind of update like each quarter, kind yeah. of like where we're at, and then obviously do a big one at the end. Because saying, "Oh, I can't wait to do the awards," and like, mm-hmm. well, that's like two <laughs> two years away. Yeah, who knows when we're gonna get to that? <laughs> but uh, yeah, the uh, like the movie and the actors, like I said earlier, do such a good job of like telling you so much about the characters when they're just doing things that don't seem central to the plot. Like when they're just like, you know, like when Pimmy's like smoking in the bathroom and mm-hmm. when, uh, yeah, I like, like catches her, like, yeah. like, uh, like just the way that they knowingly talk to each other about that just tells you so much about their relationship mm-hmm. without, you know, without like too much exposition uh and that kind of stuff i really liked and again it reminded me of like altman's movies from back in the day mm-hmm. uh and uh and also like we talked about Demi, like how human his movies are like the same i think can be said for for the for her movies mm-hmm. um for this and mississippi masala uh yeah i've heard the namesake's good too yeah that i've never i've only of her movies i've only seen these two Mm -hmm. um and i would probably i know you you didn't ask but i'd probably give mississippi masala an a minus and this i would probably go b plus um only because i think there are some storylines that aren't as engaging as others but the stuff that works i think really really works and grabs you um so yeah for sure the best movie of 2002 so far Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah that's why i think it'd be fun to do like quarterly awards because as of right now it's the best movie and and you know by the time we get through december it may be kind of like an afterthought at that point yeah it might get a little lower on the list so like it's it'd be kind of fun to give some of these earlier movies their due for now Mm -hmm. yeah yeah um yeah so that's monsoon wedding that's monsoon wedding um we can go over the box office Mm -hmm. um pretty briefly because it uh it didn't like do a 
ton of money. Um, but but well compared to its budget, though, right? Well, so I had a hard time finding the budget okay. um, specifically. Um, I don't think it was shot for a lot of money. Yeah. The, um, the budget on IMDb is, I believe, in rupees. Because I got the budget in u.s dollars on wikipedia pulled up oh okay what's that uh 1.2 million okay so very cheap yeah, yeah. <laughs> so the budget on imdb is 7 million rupee okay. rupees uh estimated um so yeah so a little over a million dollars um and it did you see that thing on the imdb trivia for this about how a bunch of the footage was ruined. Oh, from... by an airport uh, X-ray yeah. machine. I read that a, like a while back. Yeah, but and yeah. they had to like reshoot some months later. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought that was interesting. Yeah, like the so, wedding stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so it's interesting that like it was still made for super cheap, even yeah. having to like redo a reshoots. Lot of it. Um, yeah, so this movie came out in the States, um, in two theaters, February 22nd, Mm -hmm. uh, to 24th. Two theaters? Two theaters, yeah. Um. Was Long Beach one of them? No, I don't think so. It was probably LA and New York. Yeah, probably. Um, so yeah, it came in at number 42 that opening weekend, uh, Mm. which is, uh just behind storytelling oh okay so um yeah only two theaters uh made sixty eight thousand five hundred forty six dollars yeah that uh, opening weekend and then um it got a gradual expansion over the next uh several months it actually mm-hmm. did stay in theaters uh basically until like gosh set the end of september oh wow so it stayed in theaters a long time uh-huh. and didn't make like a ton of money it never it was never in more than 250 mm-hmm. theaters yeah basically um but kind of all said and done it did pretty well it made 13.8 million dollars here in mm-hmm. the states mm-hmm. um added another 16.9 internationally yeah. so, so about yeah, 30 about 30 31, 30 31 yeah. million yeah um yeah so pretty solid yeah. Uh, box office for this movie should have had the uh success that my big fat greek wedding had yeah yeah um it is <laughs> it is funny that they both come out the same year when this is like kind of like the like cinephile version of my big fat greek wedding is how i would <laughs> right. describe this movie like um, they're both like culture clash well maybe not culture clash but but Maybe like cultural, culturally specific. Uh, yeah, comedies. Right about a wedding. Yeah. Um. I mean, it, it did stick around in theaters for a pretty long time. Obviously, mm-hmm. um, not ever a lot of them, but yeah. you know, it was being shown probably in like art theaters. Um, there's obviously yeah. some like Indian cinemas. There's one not that far from us. Yeah. Uh, maybe that was showing it. Um, yeah and then uh, the only thing left to do before we take a quick break is uh, Rotten Tomatoes uh well I'll I'll guess do you have it pulled up or okay Uh, I should start guessing before I pull it up 
Well, I, re- I remember it being, like, very well-reviewed. Um, yeah, yeah, this is easily our uh, highest I'll say uh, 92? It's 95. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, very well-respected uh, yeah. movie. Uh, and not a movie, really, that, like, people talk about too often these no. days. Um, even though I think people should check it out. Yeah. If you uh, haven't seen it. Definitely. Uh, easily my favorite movie of 2002 so far and I, looking over the schedule it'll be up there for yeah for a couple months I'd say maybe yeah. not number one but yeah it's gonna be high on the list for a long time so. yeah definitely um yeah I remember seeing the poster for this at our local theater mm-hmm. um, yeah but uh yeah just never saw it no I mean it, uh, I, you know, I remember it getting good reviews and all mm-hmm. that stuff, but it's just a movie you probably couldn't convince, like, yeah, we were year old me to see. Yeah, we just weren't the right demographic at the time, I don't yeah. think. Yeah. Yeah. And I, if I did see it, I probably wouldn't have respected it, mm-hmm. as it enough as it, you know, as it deserved. Deserved, yeah. 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 So, that's Monsoon Wedding. Should we take a quick break? Yeah. Maybe play the theme music? Play the cue, cue the music. Cue the music, and then we'll be back with the cinema score game. Yeah. Well, if you can't remember what that is, we'll explain it just one more time. <laughs> All right. We'll be right back. about that we're going to make an addition to the Rotten Tomatoes game that we do at the end of each episode. Yeah. And we, we've been doing this for, what, the last, like, four episodes, would you say? I think even maybe more, but okay. yeah, the last handful of yeah. episodes, at least. Because we used to end it by just guessing what the tomato score is for whatever movie we're talking about, and also the Metacritic score. Which we didn't do that for Monsoon Wedding, but I kind of like the cinema score better. Okay. So maybe we just replace Metascore with yeah. Cinema. The Cinema Score. Cinema Score, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to add the Cinema Score into it, but we didn't do that for probably the first like 10 movies or so. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to just do a little catch up and mm-hmm. we're going to guess the Cinema Score for the first, you know, 10, 12 movies that we talked about. I, I don't know how many, but it's something like that. Yeah. Uh, and that'll be a nice way to kind of you know wrap up or summarize what we've talked about so far Mm -hmm. now yeah i don't think monsoon wedding has a cinema score right because it was not a big enough release i wouldn't think that it would yeah so cinema score is mostly for big movies like uh super troopers for example didn't have one because it was a smaller film okay yeah smaller film at the time Yeah, yeah 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 
Um, and I would be surprised if storytelling had one, but we'll, yeah, I don't. We'll, I bet that doesn't. Yeah. We'll find out. Yeah. Uh, so, did we properly explain what we're doing? I think people get okay. it. Yeah. Uh, this is the uh, this is so I guess well, I guess we can't explain what Cinema Square is. Yeah. Uh, audiences are pulled on their way out of the theater mm-hmm. um, by this like research firm cinema yeah. score they've been around since like the late 70s yeah like 78 yeah yeah and uh it's just uh it's like a census but for movies mm-hmm. um i we've never been asked I so never i don't know have. how they choose their markets or any of that stuff um but uh, so it's not it's clearly not a perfect science because I've never been asked, so mm. that makes it not perfect. But uh, yeah, but I, I mean that I think that just shows that you know you're you're only getting like oh people in Chicago love this movie, so <laughs> now it seems like everyone loves this movie or whatever. So right, but yeah, that's that's basically what it is. It's an exit poll for movies mm-hmm. um, at r- random random locations. Yeah, I assume. So let's start with the one that started it all, Imposter. Imposter. What do yeah. we think audiences thought about Imposter? So I and, feel like all of my guesses are going to be high. Yeah, because, because audiences are stupid uh-huh. and like everything. If you go, I, I don't mean to insult people, but like <laughs> if you go by a lot of these in cinema scores, they kind of just like most movies. Yeah. Um, uh, I'm gonna go. C plus though for imposter. Yeah, I I'm kind of feeling something similar just because imposter is so bad and <laughs> yeah. like yeah. such a uh, uneven movie. And it also doesn't end on like a positive note at all. Yeah. So right after nine eleven. <laughs> yeah, that could leave audiences cold. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm still going C plus. I'm you know. A lot of these, I think, are going to be high scores. I'm going to say this is like a low one okay. for for cinema score uh, audiences. I'll say D plus, even what? though I think that's very low. That is pretty low for a cinema score. What if there's a bunch of John Lee Hooker fans <laughs> in the crowd? And they're just like, well, I clearly loved it. Let's see. Moment of truth. <laughs> All right, audiences gave it a C. Okay, so we yeah. kind of split dead the on C. There. Yeah, yeah. All right, all right. Uh, next yeah, I mean, up, that's that's pretty low for a cinema score. I think we're gonna find that. Yeah. C is a pretty probably low a pretty low score. one. Uh, okay, I'll wait before I search for the next one. Okay. Next one would have been Orange County, right? Yeah, that was our episode two. Yeah. Um. I'm gonna say B plus. Yeah, I remember thinking that it was like not your average like teen movie. Like it was not as uh, not as like raunchy as something like American Pie. So maybe people weren't as into it. Uh, I'll say. Uh, what did you say? B plus. I said B plus. I'll say B minus. Okay. Let's see what we got here. Orange County gets a B. Wow. <laughs> We're really, an, we keep splitting the difference. Yeah. Uh, okay. So Snow Dogs. Snow nice. Dogs. <laughs> I, pulled, I pulled up our episode list. Okay. Just to... uh, all right. Uh, 
I'm going to say Snow Dogs gets uh, A+. Plus. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like this is us just shit-talking the general movie public. I'm like, wow, I bet they like this fucking turd. Um, I'm going to go lower. I'm going to go uh, B plus again. All right. No, just because I feel like there might have been some parents who are just like, God, why did I have to see this fucking yeah. movie? You know what? People were probably, some people were probably disappointed that there were no talking dogs. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I know I probably would have been if yeah. I saw it at the time. So the official cinema score for Snow Dogs is an A-. <laughs> no, yeah. Again, we split the difference. Yeah. Wow, that's funny. All right, what's next? Uh, Count of Monte Cristo. All right, and I feel like that, <laughs> I, I'm thinking A. Yeah, I'm thinking pretty high too. That's uh, that just seems like a crowd pleaser. Yeah, I'll say A. Yeah, so two A's, right? Two A's. Yeah, we can't split the difference here. The count. We either got it or we didn't. <laughs> and the official grade is an A. Nice. We got Nailed it. Nailed it. Nailed it. We really got our finger on our on the pulse of America. Yeah. Um, so the next episode was a home video, or not even a home video. It was a bonus one. It was 88 minutes. <laughs> do you want to do 88 minutes? Yeah. I think that'd be a fun one to try and guess. Uh, so. f- <laughs> I'm going to go C minus. I'll go D. Okay. <laughs> Which is pretty low. It's pretty low. That's, that's real. That's like verging on uh, it comes at night territory. All right. I'm excited to tell you what this one is. <laughs> the official cinema score for 88 minutes is a B minus. <laughs> I'm looking well, right at it. Good for America. Yeah. You got one right. They liked it. Um, uh, next episode was Kung Pao Enter the Fist. <laughs> Remember how long ago uh, we watched Kung Pao Enter the yeah. Fist? Um, that was... Uh, Eight months ago, by the way, wow. that episode came out. Okay. <laughs> um, I'll say like a, a C for Kung Pao. Okay. Um, because I feel like people didn't, people wouldn't have really liked Kung Pao. <laughs> I'm gonna go B minus. Okay. I'm gonna, I'm gonna assume the worst and hope for the best. All right. Kung Pao. What was your guess? B minus. The grade is C minus. Oh, for Kung okay. Pao, lower than yeah. Man. That's pretty low. That's pretty low. Yeah. Uh, are we doing all the home video ones? Uh, if there are cinema scores, are you well, talking okay. about Beverly Hills Cop? No, we did American Pie too. Yeah, let's do American Pie too. Okay. We'll make it quick. Uh, I'll say B plus. I'll say uh, A minus. I think people liked it. They yeah. definitely think we're on the right, skewing towards the right end. It's whether or not we gave them enough credit or too much credit. Or, you know what I mean. Oh, no. Huh. I think we lost uh, Cinema Did it Score go down? Again. Yeah. Okay, so we are recording this, and the Cinema Score website is like, going down <laughs> like we tried to do this oh wait no i have it you have refresh, it okay okay refresh okay okay let me let me try searching okay you got it yeah great what did you say 
I said A minus. minus I said B plus. Okay. It's B plus. Okay. Um. So the next episode was Mothman prophecies and storytelling. Uh, Mothman. I'll say a a B. I'll say a B as well. Okay. I'll stick with you on that. Um. Does it work for you again? Uh, let me see. It works for me. Yeah, I'm getting it now. Okay. Uh, we said B's. We both said B's. Yeah. And the score is a C plus. Okay. Pretty low, I think. For yeah. Because that didn't. I don't know. That movie wasn't too like weird or. Uh, uh, I guess the. I mean, we really have to understand that the general public does not like movies that are <laughs> like in any way confusing. And again, that that is another movie that ends on a bummer note. Yeah, and Mothman leaves a lot of stuff uh, unexplained. It's a lot to the imagination. Yeah. Now, I don't think it's going to have storytelling because it says, like, movies that open less than 1,500 screens. Um, no. Nothing for storytelling. Yeah, yeah. okay. Uh, I think the audience score for storytelling would have been pretty low. I <laughs> if it agree. One. Yeah. Um, a Walk to Remember is next. A Walk to Remember. I would um, say A minus. I'm going high. I'll say A. Yeah. Because you got to think... They're polling people that chose to go see this movie. So if someone went to see went to see Walk to Remember opening weekend, it's a good chance they were gonna like it because they like why why else would they have gone? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and the score is an A. Nice. Yeah. Okay. I wonder if there are A pluses for cinema score. Uh, there are because oh, okay. there's a list on uh, Wikipedia of all the A plus oh, okay. uh, cinema score movies. All right, it's so nothing for Beverly Hills Cop, probably, right? I don't think so. Just because I mean they were around in the late seventies, but I mean oh, let's just do the first one. See oh, if it's there. They're uh two and three are on here. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm going to say A- minus for 2 and C- plus for 3. Let me think about this. Uh, I, I, if, if 1 was on there, I would have said A+. Plus. I'll say B- plus for 2, B- for 3. Wow. Let's see I hope they don't like 3 that much. 3 is rank uh beverly hills cop 2 the score is an a minus that's what you said right yeah beverly hills cop 3 is a b wow yeah so i got one right you got one right? yeah yeah uh and <laughs> people were very committed to axel foley if they like <laughs> three that much um all right birthday girl I'm gonna, uh, I'm I don't gonna, know if it's going to be on here, but... Uh, yeah, we can try. I'm going to say C, though. Yeah, I would think low. Yeah, C minus. Maybe just because Nicole Kidman's in it, that might give it a little... Uh, 
A little juice. Yeah, I'll say C minus. Okay. I mean, I feel like that movie opened wide, but oh, it did. Jez Butterworth. Yeah. Uh, what did you say? A C. It's a C. Excellent. Yeah. Um, slackers. <laughs> oh, uh, this, this is a tough one because I feel like you could go either way. Because the climate was a little different back then. I, I, I. So I'm, I'm basing this off my audience's reaction because mm-hmm. I saw it opening night. You did not. Yeah. And they liked it. Mm-hmm. But I could also see a world where people see this movie and are like that was filth or whatever. Yeah. Um, gross. I'm gonna go. B plus. I'll say C. Okay. Let's see if we got. Slackers. The grade is C plus. Okay. Split the difference yet uh-huh. again, basically. Uh, <laughs> it's funny. It's funny to. I, I think there's no conceivable way to watch Slackers and be like. It was mediocre. <laughs> you either think that movie's funny for some reason, or you think it's like awful. <laughs> There's yeah. really no way to like watch that movie and be like, it was all right. Yeah, because it's truly awful. <laughs> yeah. uh, big fat liar. Ah. Hmm. <laughs> B B plus is say what a, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say. say. A minus. Okay. Big fat. Because Malcolm in the Middle was a big Wyatt. deal. What did you say? A minus. It's an A minus. Yeah. Triumphantly fist yeah. bumped. Uh, all right. Collateral damage. I'll say B plus. Yeah. Yeah. I'll I'll say B plus as well. Given the post nine eleven climate, that movie's kind of like anti terrorism. Yeah. I think people would have been afraid to say that they <laughs> didn't like it. Uh, and, uh, collateral damage received a B. Close. Not a B plus. Uh, uh, B is, B or B minus is like the ultimate score for like being afraid to say you disliked a movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you didn't really like it all that much. Right. <laughs> uh, also, also, also worth noting, uh, Michael Mann's collateral received a B. Yeah, that's that's absurd. Collateral is uh, yeah. fucking awesome. <laughs> yeah, collateral works on so many different levels. Yeah, collateral rules. Uh, collateral beauty with Will Smith got an A minus. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, moving on. Uh, next is Rollerball. <laughs> this is gonna be low. No matter what, this is gonna be low. <laughs> I'm going F. I'm gonna say our first F. I'll say D. Okay. Just because I'm sure somebody liked it. <laughs> Are you? Are you sure? <laughs> okay. What? One more time on your... I said F. F. And I said uh, D. I said, you said D, yeah. The official score. <laughs> the cinema score for Rollerball 2002 is a B-. minus. <laughs> I'm not kidding. It's a B-. minus. Oh my god. What's wrong with people? I don't know how that's possible. Because I could... Like, I don't think that's the same thing as Walk to Remember. I could totally see a world where people were, like, hoodwinked into seeing that movie. And then and then leaving the theater, like, especially, like, after the night vision scene. Yeah, they must have got the right audiences, I guess. Man. 
sense. All right. What do we got next? Uh, crossroads. Mm. I'm going to say B minus. I'll say B minus, yeah. Same score as Rollerball. Let's see. <laughs> yeah, if Rollerball can get a B minus, all bets are off. Uh, I'll just start this off and say Crossroads from 1986 got a B plus. <laughs> okay, great. The, the Ralph Macchio Crossroads. Yeah, yeah your, uh, your preferred Crossroads. <laughs> crossroads from 2002 received a B. Huh, okay. I almost said B too, but... Uh, yeah. Uh, Hearts War. Hearts War. <laughs> uh, a minus. I'll say B plus. Okay. I think I think there's enough war movie, heartstring tugging there yeah. to give it a high one. Uh, Hearts War is another one that gets a B. Okay. Yeah. A little lower than I thought. All right. Uh, there's not gonna be one for the Bad News Bears movies. Um. Correct. No, just the remake. Yeah. Yeah. What did that get? Do you have a guess? I can't guess because I just saw it. But... Uh, B plus. Got a B. Okay. Yeah. So we're always. I think we're usually right on around. Yeah. Except for Rollerball. That right. Was our first real big miss. Yeah. Uh, John Q. A plus. That one we did right. Did we? I think we did that one, and it was like an A. Okay. So that might have been the first one we did the cinema score for. Okay. For because uh, I think it was an A. Let's let me check. Oh yeah, because we knew that Super Troopers didn't have one, and that was the next episode. John Q got an A. Yeah. Okay. So I think we're officially caught up now with the cinema score. Game. Any other movies you want to guess? Uh, <laughs> Just random movies. Think, while we're thinking about it. Um. I want to think of something like challenging. Yeah, but it would have to be. A challenging movie that somehow got a wide release, mm-hmm. like the A twenty four stuff, because yeah. that. Yeah. Um, what about Annihilation? Because I I don't know if I ever told this story on Mike, but I told you. But like, I saw that movie in a theater with like one other guy, and at the end of that movie, he stood up and looked to me like dead in the eye and said, "What the fuck was that?" <laughs> and then walked out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so that's like my lasting impression of Annihilation. Yeah. Uh, uh, do you have a guess? I'm going to say D+. Plus. Uh, and for some reason, I like I didn't think that movie was that like, I don't strange. think it's that challenging. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I would have probably... I did see it before, I guess, so yeah. that kind of, you know, had an effect on my guess. But I would have thought something more like a B or B-, minus, but uh, it is a C. Yeah, yeah. Um, or maybe, maybe instead of just guessing random movies, we should just read some of the F scores mm-hmm. on the Wikipedia entry, if you want. Um, I know Mother, the Darren Aronofsky movie. Yeah, I got an F, right? It comes at night is another one that I always think of. Yeah. So this has a list of A plus films, and it has a list of F films. Um. Actually, I don't see it comes at night on here, but uh, that did get a very low one, whatever it was. Or maybe this isn't a full list, but uh, The Grudge 2020 remake. Wow. That movie, I I walked out of that movie. It was (laughs) very bad. It doesn't seem like the kind of movie that would get an F. Uh, Yeah, just because I feel like if you're going to see that movie, you're... Yeah. automatically have like a worse palette right. <laughs> than most people but uh i mean i saw it so i'm allowed to say it 
20, 2017's Mother got an F. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The Devil Inside from 2012. And... Here's the first movie that I actually really like. I've never seen Mother, but I'm eh, on Aronofsky. Is Killing Them Softly got an F. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't, but it does. Like, it makes yeah. sense that it would get a bad cinema score. Right. Not that it deserves that score. Uh, I got one I'm going to check. Sure. Just based on what you just said. Uh, Assassination of Jesse James. Yeah, that's probably pretty low. Um, doesn't look like it has one actually. Maybe because it rolled out slower. Yeah, no. I, as far as I can tell, it doesn't have one. Yeah, I think that did get a New York and LA yeah. release first. Um, a funny. I mean, there's a few like really bad ones here, like the box and disaster movie got F's. <laughs> I know who killed me with Lindsay Lohan. Um, but the Wicker Man got an F. Wow. It's funny because that movie has like achieved like cult status. Yeah. Uh, William Friedkin's Bug got an F. Really? Yeah. I thought people kind of liked that movie when it came out. I mean, I mean critics, critics thought it was okay. Yeah, critics did. Um, uh, Alone in the Dark, the Uwe Boll movie. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and this is a movie that has been culturally reappraised. Uh, Jane Campion's uh, In the Cut got an F. Yeah, people didn't like that at the time. Uh, this is one I remember. Uh, Steven Soderbergh's Solaris. Oh, yeah, for sure people these, didn't like that. So these are the three 2002 Fs. So I guess we can't play this game. Because we'll know <laughs> for these movies. Uh, Darkness. Uh, oh, Anna Paquin? Wait, what's darkness? Yeah, Anna Paquin. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Uh, Fear dot com and Oof, Fear dot com sucked. <laughs> so, uh, uh, if, if you don't know, or like, I I, I work at a store that sells DVDs, mm-hmm. um, uh, and so does Andrew sometimes mm-hmm. when he feels like it. <laughs> and uh, I sold someone a copy of uh, Fear.com recently. Mm-hmm. And I was like going to tell them, like, oh, you should check out our podcast. It's all about 2002 movies. Mm-hmm. And then I didn't do it. Yeah. I chickened out. <laughs> Mostly because if they were like, when are you doing Fear.com? And I'd tell them. And then they'd listen. They'd wait <laughs> a long time. And then we'd be like, this is awful. <laughs> this yeah. sucks. If you like this movie, you're a dum dum or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, sure, you don't want to just throw out like a random title, and I can yeah, tell you. Sure. I got to pull up here. Um, let me go through some of my favorite movies. Uh, Miami that maybe won't have the strongest reaction. Miami Vice. I'll say that's got a C. Yeah, I'm gonna say C plus. B minus. Interesting. Yeah. Um, let me think of one here. Something. What about Vanilla Sky? While you're thinking of one, that's got to be like a D plus or something, right? Uh, I'll say C. Uh, D minus for Vanilla Sky. Wow. Yeah. That's not one. Of, I, I I know I said I was gonna think of favorite movies. That's not one of them. But I just wanted to think of something that would elicit <laughs> like maybe an a, hot, extreme reaction. Yeah. yeah. I'm trying to think. 
Hmm. Um, what about Magnolia? If that probably would have one. Um, I'll say D plus for Magnolia. <laughs> yeah, C minus. Not high, I would think. Magnolia. C minus. Yeah, nice. Yeah. Um... Inherent Vice? <laughs> ah, it doesn't have one. Sorry. Oh, too limited of a release. Yeah. Um, hmm. How about No Country for Old Men? B? I'm going to say C. That's another movie that ends in a, I don't know, yeah. kind of a bummer. Doesn't have one, it looks like. Huh. Uh, how about Zodiac? Another 2007. I think people probably found it too long. I think people probably thought it was too long and too... Uh, it didn't wrap anything didn't up. Didn't wrap up. Yeah. Uh, I'll, uh, say, I'll say C. I'll say B-. Okay. B minus for Zodiac. Uh, you want to know what Top Gun Mavericks is? A plus. <laughs> yep. <laughs> How is that the most beloved movie of like all time now? What's the deal? <laughs> uh, well, I'm, I'm looking at the A plus list right now, so uh, uh, it's a lot of <laughs> it's, it's a lot of stuff where you'd be like, huh, like. Uh, American Underdog, that Kurt Warner movie starring uh-huh. like Zachary Levi yeah. from last year, that's an A plus. Wow. Because who's going to see that movie? It's just Christians. Yeah. Uh did we do it comes at night? That has to be super low. If not an F, it's gotta be a D minus, right? It is a D. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. What's another like a24 movie that was not what people thought it would be uh the witch maybe yeah the witch or hereditary hereditary both of both of those have pretty wild endings uh so. hereditary i'll say got like a d yeah i'll say d plus but yeah d plus for hereditary that's crazy that movie fucking rules um yeah, I mean, I I think as soon as all the Hail Paymon stuff in that movie <laughs> happens, people were just like, nope, worst thing I've ever seen in my entire life. Uh, Midsummer got uh, C plus, and then uh, what else did I just say? Uh, the Witch. Oh yeah, I wonder. How the Witch that, that style may not have gotten a big enough release initially. No, I think it did because. Bitch. The witch. No, doesn't look like that one. Uh, Season of the Witch with Nick Cage, however, <laughs> got one. You want to take a guess? Uh, C minus. C plus. <laughs> <laughs> it's a better movie than yeah. Hereditary. Uh, well, did, did we want to 
do just a couple more guesses and then wrap up since we're just kind of <laughs> yeah um <laughs> no, i mean i i no I, focus at this point no i did have the three uh a plus films from 2002 spoiled for me from this list oh you want to oh, guess yeah let me guess what those would be <laughs> two a plus or three a plus three films a plus films from 2002 spider-man nope wow minority report nope Um, I would say here's a hint because you'll yeah. need you'll need some guidance. One of them is a big, like a big tentpole movie. The other two are one-off dramas that are kind of maybe surprise hits. Not Chicago. No. Mm. No, I don't think either got awards attention, but uh, one of them stars a beloved actor who we've covered already on this podcast uh, a very crowd pleaser actor um a, uh, antoine fisher yep antoine fisher is one of them wow got an a plus got an a plus that's hard to believe <laughs> <laughs> i mean it's inspirational um and then a tentpole movie so there's there's one more random drama. I don't know if you'll guess this one because I I never would have guessed. Uh, I've actually never seen it. I will mm. eventually, obviously, for the um, show. The hours? No, it was. It's more like of a popcorn movie than that, but it, mm. it is a drama, mm. kind of a sports drama, but kind of only. Um, and then and then the ten pole one. So if you want to take a guess, and not not Road to Perdition. No. Okay. No, I, it didn't get awards attention at all. But neither did Road to Perdition, right? Okay, but that was assumed to yeah be receiving some. But this uh, this was not on the Oscar radar, and it never ended up there. But uh, people uh, like it still to uh, this day. Uh, Two Towers. Mm-mm. Harry Potter. Harry Potter's the big tentpole one. Yeah. That's like the... So Harry Potter and Chamber of Secrets is the other A+, or is the second A+. Yeah. And so there's one... That leaves one. One sort of sports drama. Mm-hmm. It's like sports adjacent. Mm. I don't know if you've seen it. You might have seen it. But I probably would have at least seen the trailer, oh, I would you, think. Oh, you know the movie. Yeah. It's yeah. a... Yeah. It's yeah. a pretty popular ish movie it would be the kind of movie where if you're telling someone the premise of this show Mm -hmm. if they knew this movie was from 2002 they might be like oh i love this movie bend it like beckham no but it is kind of like a crowd pleasery kind of thing clearly because it got an a plus yeah uh it's an american movie yeah it's not uh I don't think I know. It's Drumline. Drumline. No, I wouldn't have got that. I no, uh, I, I would not have guessed either. Uh, I did I, see Drumline for the first time last year. Really? Yeah, last year, literally. I was gonna give you like one more hint, and I I don't know how up to date on like pop culture you are, but I was uh, just gonna say this guy like the star is a guy who's like 
recently fathered a lot of kids <laughs> because Nick Cannon has fathered a lot of kids recently, very recently. Yeah. Uh, so I have seen it, but not I didn't see it at the time. Okay. So. Yeah, no, people, I will... people really like Drumline. I think still too. Wow, it wasn't bad. Yeah, yeah it was kind of like uh, kind of reminded me a lot of Top Gun. Yeah, but with uh, drumming. Drums. Drums. Yeah, now <laughs> Top Gun with drums, aka taps. Uh, now, how would you compare it to um, Top Gun Maverick? Whiplash, which is another drumming. Uh, I. 100% prefer drumline to whiplash <laughs> hell yeah, hell yeah. Uh, i'm just not a whiplash guy yeah. i mean don't get me wrong i love jk simmons but uh i feel like he could have earned his oscar for something else besides that i mean i don't i don't know how much i love the movies i'm probably going to be re-watching them soon but he probably deserved an oscar for spider-man before whiplash right yeah like obviously the academy doesn't like ever reward comedic performances or something. Yeah. But he's doing a lot in that movie. Yeah. Whatever. That's... That's in, another tangent. We're in the Spider-Man in May. So yeah. We've been... I'm going to say we've been recording for hours. We well, have. obviously hours, but like maybe four hours. <laughs> <laughs> well. Alright. Well, let's, let's, let's wrap it up. Let's call it. That was, uh, that was Monsoon Wedding. That was our cinema score game. That was our longest cold open to date. Yeah. yeah. In which we just basically had a conversation and didn't try and force a cold open. So it was a true cold open. Yeah. Uh, perhaps our purest one yet. Yeah. And again, if you remember either of our mystery movies, yeah, please yeah. let us know. Or if you have your own mystery movie, yeah. I would love to hear you describe it. Because yeah. I know that the way we described ours probably um, doesn't make a lot of sense to yeah. most people because it doesn't make a lot of sense to me. <laughs> and if it did, if it made more sense, we probably would have would have been able to find it. Yeah, uh, whatever those movies are. Right. Um, uh, yeah. Well, any plugs, Dan? Uh, no. Yeah. No. No, I have nothing going on. Oh, uh, yeah. Same here. I don't really have anything. Uh, yeah. please rate, review, and subscribe. Yeah, yeah. Please do that. That always helps. Mm-hmm. Uh, Barnes and Noble, Criterion, and Arrow video sales are going on right now. So if yeah. you're a movie nerd like us who likes to collect movies, uh, snatch some up. Well, Barnes and Noble's not yet, but maybe by the time you're listening to this, it will. I'm yeah. not sure when exactly it starts. Uh. think that's it yeah so go shop at barnes and noble <laughs> yes <laughs> this is an ad for barnes and noble brought to you by uh lennon steve regio the, uh, former chairman of barnes and noble yeah well yes thank you so much for listening and we'll catch you next time for queen of the damned queen of the damned our last that's... february episode and then, and then we move on to march yeah we did it almost well we've <laughs> We're we're two twelfths of the way there, so we're one sixth of the yeah. way, almost one sixth of the way through the show. Closer to March than we've ever been. <laughs> that's yeah. that's as true a statement as uh, you could ever have. Yes. 
All right. Well, have a lovely day. Thank you for listening. <laughs> Just end it. <laughs> Bye. Adios. <laughs> Goodbye. We'll see you next time. <laughs> Bye-bye.